heard you had a show coming up. Yeah, this weekend you coming? Dude, I will be there. Nice. So you got your tickets? Oh, not yet. I'm gonna get them tomorrow though. The show's sold out. Don't worry, I, I got you on the guest list. Oh man, you're the best. Can I get a plus one? Uh, don't push your luck. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to On the Guest List with Fox Trotting the Get Down, White Sox Dave, and Kenny Carkey. With you, as always, from the band is your boy, Colin. We got the cowboy, Mr. David Williams, in the building. Dave, how are we, buddy? Chilling. You are chilling. You got the 3-Chi on deck tonight? Why the fuck not? Dude, it's, it's Cali week. We got to do it. Speaking right? of Cali week, we got our boy, Mr. Kenny Carkey, back in the building. Kenny's got the real thing. Kenny's got the real weed in the building. Ken, how, how are yeah, you, I don't buddy? Fuck I'm a pussy. I, you know what? I've never been better in my entire life. That's what I like to hear. He doesn't have internet that works, but wow. other than that, he's doing great. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm rich, but I have poor internet. <laughs> my internet's great, but I'm poor. It's a, it's a give and take in life, man. Uh, like I had mentioned, this is Cali Week. It's our first time doing one of these theme weeks. We have two Cali reggae rock bands on the podcast this week. We have The Expendables, amazing band from Santa Cruz, California, and we have Pacific Dub, uh, our boys, coming in as our pick of the week dave this is your week buddy it's reggae rock week how you feeling i feel great man this is fucking really cool and it's hopefully gonna snowball into like the the mount rushmore guys um i want i want fucking brad Knowles' corpse on this podcast <laughs> eventually let's go exhume him and bring him on no, nah, we'll get a we'll get a medium. We'll get like a spiritual medium. We should fucking on. do that. We should get like uh We should get a medium and just see if we can get any rock star, like any dead rock star and see if we can get their spirit. That's on a good here. that's a good fucking episode right there. Dude, no, Brad that's a Noel. <laughs> Brad Noel, we call to you. And then all of a sudden Keith Mundus comes on. We're like, nah, get out of here, dude. You're not who hey, we're leave, looking for. Leave. <laughs> oh man, I'm excited. This is the time of the year I want reggae rock. It's getting nicer in Philadelphia. It's getting nicer in Chicago. Kenny's weather doesn't change, so it really doesn't affect him. But it's that time of year. I want some upbeat stuff. I This is when I go to country, too. This is when I start getting into my country bag. Kenny, do you do country at all? I mean, country by, like, uh, Waylon and, like... You don't mess you with know, any of the pop country see, stuff? See, I'm the opposite. Oh, no. I, all my hardcore oh. country fans fucking hate me for it because I, I would love to go to, like, a Kenny, Con- Kenny Chesney concert, like, tomorrow. And I would have a blast. I like Kenny Chesney. I can confidently say fuck country. Oh, completely. come on. You like pop. You like pop music. You don't, you don't get in any I of the pop, pop country. I hate pop country. That's the fucking worst shit I've ever heard. I can't hear it. It's not good, it. but it's fun. Exactly. It's a little bit like, of a guilty pleasure. Waylon Jennings, Glenn Campbell. Like, now, oh, you know what I mean? That's David Allen Coe. I'll dig uh, in, dude. Jo- Johnny Ca- I have a Johnny, Johnny Cash, Cash box set on Vonnie. Start talking about some Brad Paisley bullshit, man. I just fucking read I solo cups and trucks. I can't lie, bro. I have my moments. We've talked about my my songwriting in Nashville. I've been in a part of some of the worst pop con- like songwriting sessions of all time. There's nothing like when somebody tries to look at me and say, "Yo, do you think we should do truck here or like girl or like yeah. salt shaker?" Yeah, yeah. Let's focus on the good stuff. Let's let, let's focus on what we do have this week. I, I'm a big fan of both of these bands, and it made me start to think about what other like sections of the country could we do next. So we're going to do Cali Week. We've done Nashville Week in the past on the old incarnation of the podcast. We went down there for a week and we interviewed a bunch of people in Nashville. It was great. I personally would like to do a New York hip hop episode. I would love to go in there and soak that culture up and, and literally get like the OGs from that section and get people in there. I think that'd be amazing. There's Houston almost hip- nothing better. Bro, Houston hip hop would be interesting too. I'd love to get like Paul Wall and Slim Thug on the podcast and see what that would be like. I want to soak up the culture of different places. So to me, like Cali Week is the beginning, but I think that the it, it's endless in what we could do. 
I'm into that, man. I have a lot of friends who are from Houston who are fucking the dopest rappers. Then you get into ATL. South got something to say. Oh, we're you know, going. We got, oh, I mean, and then get into the West Coast hip hop. And then like, there's there's a lot of we can do a geographical tour of music. It'd be you amazing. know, I uh, I'm close personal friends with Chance the Rapper and Kanye West. Like they're in my phone book. You want to get them on the show? First off, you yeah, don't give, have give Kanye's phone number. Yeah, do me a favor and chirp Kanye for me. See how that goes. <laughs> we'll see how many. Uh, Bring him on the Zoom. You, you believed me for like a, a half a second. I, I would actually believe that you somehow have some sort of relation to Chance, or you like have like some sort of. In we there. we interviewed uh, Pat the manager. I would um, love to talk to Pat. Like the a man. year, oh. a year and a, I don't think he's doing any interviews right now for obvious reason. There's obvious a whole reason. shitstorm. But at the time, they were like. Like he was Chance's best friend and everything. Yeah. And they were on good terms as far as we are aware. Not but, um, that's a whole nother episode as well. We've covered that on the podcast previously, but I I love Chance. I know I know Chance gets a bad rap from time to time. I love Chance. He, the, those first yeah, three clips are fucking outstanding. Oh, they're all, they're un- incredible. They're unbelievable. It, unbelievable. Now we, we did we did touch on this in the past, Dave. You always say we talk about weather too much. I disagree. I think weather is 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 a really good indicator of what kind of music we're going to be listening to at a given time. And to me, we talked about reggae rock for the summer. I previously said New York hip hop, just some grimy hip hop shit is my winter stuff. And Kenny, I know you don't have weather, but like, do you have anything that like, do you have any specific types of music that you listen to at specific times of year? Absolutely. In, uh, in, in our very short lived winter every year where it gets down to about 53 degrees and rainy, which is horrible to us. Uh, I go into the electronic Tame Impala arctic monkeys kind of dark world driving in the rain you know living in that dark electronic world and then yeah come <laughs> springtime and summer that's when my hip-hop starts coming out really Dude, real quick I, you just said you know, am by the arctic monkeys is a great winter album that's a that's a really good winter album i was gonna shit on you for the I electronic know. thing oh act like you know i know dude. act like you know what's I your know. hip-hop what's your summer hip-hop what would you say where would you like dell are you talking like west coast hip-hop what are you oh I, I mean both honestly it's a full spectrum between east and west it's going to be dell from the west and Pac and and all of them and a lots of a lot, lot of snoop and east coast always biggie jay get into atl outcast run the jewels like all this type of fucking shit. You know what's funny? You mentioned ATL hip hop, and nobody ever brings up Ti. And I think Ti is one of the most criminally underrated rappers of all time. I yeah, thought same, he same, was same. fire. Ti is the fucking for a man. long time. Dude, he can T. act too, by the way. He's he a good act. actor. He's a really good actor. Can we say that I fucking love Ludacris? Too? Me too, I, dude. Ludacris. Like, name somebody else who sounds like him. Nobody. Name anybody he, else who has music who sounds like him. Dude, he is on the fucking like. Oh, you listen to Ludacris like Nickelback shit right now. Yes. Have you noticed that? It makes yes. no sense to me. Fucking hot, uh, what was it? Chicken and beer? What, what, what chicken yeah, and yeah, beer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, think yeah, I yeah. could still to this day, I haven't listened to it forever, sing every single song verbatim on that album. That album Dude, was 100%. Unbe- unbelievable. It's funny though, because that era of hip hop now is coming back almost as like classic, which is weird because it's like what we grew up with. It was super hot at the time, but like there were like five albums in a row that Ludacris just put out absolute fucking fire. Yeah. The and pro- then he went into acting and started shredding it. Dude, in the same in the same timeline, fucking yeah. dropping a little bit of Nelly. Oh well, come like, on, there's dude. a Nelly's lot of the good man. shit there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's funny. The, the one guy who we, like we brought him up on a previous week, but nobody ever talked about Fifty. Fifty was like a world breaker when it came to like yeah, early yeah, yeah, 2000s. Yeah, yeah. yeah, once he cashed in on the vitamin water, he's just like peace out. Because you know why, Kenny? Why try? Oh, why try anymore? He doesn't need yeah, it. Yeah, what's the point of fucking trying? That's so he's, stupid. You know what I mean? Here's the thing, guys, though. Yeah. How far back do you like being a Florida boy, thinking I was fucking cool, listening to the hardest shit I could find, getting into like eight ball and MJG, three oh, yeah. six mafia, hot boys, 
Cash Money Millionaires, Master P, you know, like that whole era of like, I guess I'd be like mid nineties, late nineties. Oh yeah. You know, that was another great era. That's that's another great era. And that's like pure rap. That's great. I'm not going to lie to you. There was like that period of time for me, was like grade school, right? When you're talking like that era of hip hop. And then at the same time, emo was going on. And like, for me, like my all, like everybody in my neighborhood was going emo and I just completely diverged the other way. Good for you, man. Bro, but the thing is though, I'm now discovering some of this emo shit later on down the line. And I'm like what? Well, like Taking Back Sunday was my first concert ever. I had to take it back Sunday. CD. I love taking back Sunday. I like them. And I played a few shows with them, and Homeboy is a fucking front man to Oh, Adam oh no shit. Man. Yeah, he's a monster. Yeah. Oh, dude. He like wraps his neck in the microphone and like hangs yeah. himself and then like swings it around. He's nuts. But and he's some... huge. He's like six five. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, he's a big dude. My first concert ever was Taking Back Sunday, 30 Seconds to Mars, uh, Angels and Airwaves. That and weird the... fuck. And the subways. You ever heard of the subways? No. So this is definitely a thing to where like a, a label's management w- or a band's management was just like, hey, please put this band on this big tour. Like they, they did not fit at all. They were a three-piece garage band and they fucking blew me away. I still to this day run the subways constantly. I don't even remember the rest of the concert. They just blew my mind. Dude, that's what's tight. I mean, uh, the, the, the event of seeing an opening band that yeah. you're like, these fucking guys rip. You know what I mean? And that doesn't, I saw... I saw Avenged Sevenfold open for Rise Against at like a 300 cap room in Orlando when, wow. when Avenged was still doing their second record on cassette, wow. right? And you're like, fucking, that was one of the best shows ever. I saw Chris Stapleton about 2014 or 15 open. We have this huge fucking country concert. It's I go to it because it's they bring in uh, barbecue places from all over the country and the food's incredible. Uh, and all the girls are wearing like booty shorts and shit, but that's, you know, um, but anyways, so they had like Brad Paisley, can you, who, like anybody who's a name. And then they had all the side stages and I went, I was just walking around and I'm, there's like maybe 50 people watching Chris Stapleton. So I'm sitting there eating and I'm, I'm just like, this guy's fucking amazing. What do you guys listen to all that trash over there for? This is who you want to listen to, Dave. You should be. And then be he was honor. fucking. Then a few a few years later, he's winning a billion Grammys. All and... that shit I talked about, country. I love me some Chris Stapleton, dude. I I, you, he he I supersedes mean, like pre- preference or musical genre style. Like, great. I don't like country music, and we're talking about seasons. I listen to country music in like summer if I'm on a boat in the middle of a lake, I can tolerate it, or at like a football tailgate. Yeah, winter, get the fuck out of here. You can't listen to country music in the winter or spring. Facts. But Chris Stapleton, all year oh, round, he's awesome. That first Chris Stapleton album is a good winter album. It sounds like you're driving through the barren, like, central of America. It's 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 really a beautiful record. What's wrong uh, with the central of America? Nothing. I'm saying, all right. A I'm lot of things. Like, <laughs> <Just kidding> <laughs> Hold on. You know who my favorite band I ever saw open for before they got big? I went to a Gym Class Heroes concert. That's this is very random. This is not the band that opened. They were the headliner. Our guest next week, the Dirty Heads, opened the show. <laughs> and they Those were absolutely amazing. But I will say this. I remember Jim Class Hero's performance more because they actually employed a guy who just ran around on stage with a flag. That was his job the entire show. He didn't play an instrument. They didn't even give him a tambourine. He just was the flag guy on stage. Did Mighty Mighty Boston I would love to be the dancing guy. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Less than Jake had that? Just the guy that just dances on stage? Dude, I got into – and I actually want to talk about this too. Um, so pump-up music f- for football. 
that's the only time I could listen to like Avenged Sevenfold or, or Limp Bizkit. Like otherwise, I'm like, ah, get the sh- screaming shit like out of my eardrums. I would listen to that nonstop. So in the fall for for high school football, and it was just like awesome pump up music to me. Um, but fuck, I lost my train of thought. What were you saying that before that, Kenny? Damn, that three cheese got you, bro. No, 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 <laughs> no, it doesn't. I don't, I don't think even it does know anymore, bro. I'm uh, so high. Yo, can I tell you something? What up? Limp Biscuit is good for one time, and that's when your stepdad drinks all your Mountain Dew. That's when Bro, Limp Biscuit is good. <laughs> we all love Limp Biscuit. It's the just thing. one of those and days. I played a show in fucking like Sacramento. God, I forget the name of that festival. Must have been like 2014 or something like that. It was like their first comeback, and they headlined this festival. Are you fucking kidding me? They killed it. They're so good. Everybody yeah, has awesome. To, everybody has something to say about Limp Biscuit until like Roland comes on when you're at a party. And then all of a sudden, everybody has a Monster Energy drink in their hand. Bro, it's so fucking go. good. I exactly, that's chance, my point. <laughs> I missed my chance to buy tickets to, they played the Roxy out here in LA, and that's like a 300 cap room. And like immediately, you know, goes on sale at midnight at 11.59, click. you click it, sold out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? I would see, I would definitely see Limp Bizkit. I'm on a hundred percent. Bro, we just, we just literally went from 8-Ball and MJG to TI to Limp Bizkit. We cover our bases here, bro. We Chris Stapleton. Yep, everybody. Yeah. Uh, so let's go into our music news for the week. Uh, real quick before we get into anything anything else, I want to get into something serious. Uh, we did lose DMX this week. We talked about it last week when he was going through his fight. Uh, rest in peace to Earl Simmons. I wanted to put out one stat. We talked about the number of albums he sold last week. But in his first year, 1998, he put out his first two records. And in the same year, they both went multi-platinum. In the in this in one year, and they numerous hits. You can never take away from anything. DM, DMX back when up, people bought CDs yeah. for eighteen dollars at yep. the fucking store, dude. But look at the bangers on those albums. It's I've been running it constantly this week. Rest in peace to a legend. DMX is yeah, the yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the stories that have been coming out this week about how good of a dude he was, all the charitable things he did. He there was a story where he met on a commercial plane two women who were flying to that city. It was like a woman and her daughter and the daughter was a huge fan. And DMX actually took them to the show, took them backstage, treated them like royalty. And they just went on their way. He never like it. He was a good dude. Here's and, a uh, random fun fact. Some 41 random their first music video. He was filming a movie in Toronto and then somehow made his way to the fucking state yeah, and he, got to the stage and was in the video. He rolled into the video on an in ATV, ATV yeah, in the in middle the of the house party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, badass. That's, yeah, hard. that's what fucking song is that? I know that because uh, I'm picturing this. It was, was, it was the song. Lip. It was the song before Into Deep. I don't even remember what yeah. song it was. Yeah, yeah, it was an all killer, yeah, no yeah. filler. I yeah. I was gonna bring up um this later. <laughs> well, some forty one. You'll get why um later in the podcast. But I just as a precursor. Fucking love that album. I like so oh, 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 that album that. was awesome. That album was so much fun, man. It was just a good time. Really. That reminds me of like now that's what I call music five. Like having that CD <laughs> and like that that being on there. Uh yeah. okay, so a couple releases this week. 21 Pilots comes back. Uh new song Shy Away. These guys can't really do any wrong right now. Kenny, I know that's your boys. I, they they are covering a lot of musical palettes right now, a lot of musical bases, and I, I like the new single, so I'm excited to see what the name of their new album is. Scaled and icy. I have no idea what that means, but it's very games and Game of Thronesy, you know. Very Game of Thronesy. I like that. Uh, and then the other big release for the week, we're gonna get into this. Taylor Swift dropped her third album of the year, but this album's different. Uh, the album is a remake of her first album called Fearless, and she recut them all from scratch. 
because of the situation with her masters. So basically, people are buying her masters out from underneath her. She doesn't own any of her music. And she went back and said, you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm just literally going to remake all my own music. Now, Kenny, from the legality standpoint, how is she making music off that if they own the songs? They don't own the songs. They own the recordings. She owns the songwriting. If she wrote the song, she owns the songwriting. So all that those labels are owning, or whoever the fuck owns those, is the master, the master recording. So... Anytime that master recording is used for something, sales or placement or sync, that's where that money comes from. If she goes and re-records it, then she owns the master and the writing. So why doesn't this happen more often? Because I feel like, I mean, Taylor Swift's Taylor Swift, and that's why we're hearing about it. But I feel like this kind of legal situation could happen pretty frequently behind the scenes. It absolutely could. And I'm sure there's a good reason why it hasn't because it's not anything new. It's, you know, people have, this is the way their industry has always been run. Like, why hasn't Dave Grohl... Well, probably because he's funding his own record. So the way I have to break this down, a label, say they give a band $100,000 to record. Say that band's Foo Fighters, right? And they needed that $100,000. Okay, the label owns that master. If after they're recouped and their deal allows them to, if Foo Fighters then pays for all the new recordings from there on out, then they own them fucking anyway and don't need to re-record them. You know. But I know of friends who are in bands who are in really bad deals and like, the label fucked it all up for for whatever reason, and they're re-recording it so that they can do what they want with those recordings. Let me tell you something. I'm not even a big Taylor Swift fan, but I guarantee you there are people sitting in label boardrooms right now shitting their pants, losing yeah, they, it. They, oh, yeah. They, talk, they talked about this like a year ago when Scooter Braun bought her. Yep. And the funny thing is that the internet went ape shit. Like Ballistic. he's some horrible he's fucking, fucking person. All yeah. this shit. And, and I was, I like to f- have fun on the internet. I was just trying to like, this is normal. This is how it works. This is yeah. like Michael Jackson owned the Beatles records. Like there's, yep. this is how it works. They own the recording. If she was re- if she well, she was like fucking Scooter Braun this and Scooter Braun that, and you're like, well, if you want to re-record them, a big and then thing. A for year me, later, she well, did. A big thing for me too was when that all broke. My thought process initially was like, this happens all the time. I don't know why you're making such a big deal about this. This is like, first of all, you got money. You don't have to worry about this. It's okay. She's smart in the fact that she. She uses the internet and her fan base to kind of get her way on certain things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like when, when, like, this was a thing that actually kind of ticked me off. That show, Ginny in Georgia, that's on Netflix, they made a joke. My wife is watching that shit. It's actually pretty good. My wife watched the whole thing. Um, They made a joke about her. They literally just said, like, uh, you date more guys than Taylor Swift. And she freaked out on the internet and, like, called the show out and all this. I'm like, relax. It's a joke. Yeah. Like, like, a sexist or something. It's a a joke. Relax. You're the one who literally writes about these fucking guys every (laughs) single song you've ever had. But so. But at the end of the day, like, I was just like, you signed the contract. Like, you knew what you were getting into at the end of the day. But at the same time, I'm all about power to the artist. So if you can make it happen and you can re-record your own shit, you have the monetary situation to be able to do that, dude, go for it. I hope that every big artist does this. I hope that everyone, because look, I got I got no bones in saying it. I think this industry has been set up completely wrong. I think it's been fucking people for decades, and I don't understand why it won't change. You Mainly mainly because of fear and money. That's why nothing ever changes in anything. Mm-hmm. Right now, the fear is flipping to the other side thanks to the internet and thanks to like artists actually taking their shit back. Go ahead, Taylor. You're gaining a fan over here. You're I, I, like, Generally, I would say this may be the first time that I was ever like, good for you, Taylor Swift. You deserve this. So shout out to Taylor Swift for, uh, for fucking with the music industry. I love her. I know you do. It's to me like she she I don't know, like there's this like underdog mentality to like her career when I know for a fact if you, there was a New York Times thing that came out a couple of years ago about how she made her way in the industry. 
and to me, like I know so many people in Nashville that have worked for so long to make it to their place. Yeah. The way she got in the industry, I'll always kind of have a little chip on my shoulder about that. But you can never deny her talent. She makes good music. She makes great pop music. Can't fight. Yeah, that. she does. She does. I did love her pop record, dude. That's did you wait the Reputation record? Yeah, whatever one had fucking I don't know the the pop one that was in like 2015. Yeah, that hated, was 1989. I hated that. Oh, how? No, no, no. 1989 was great. The record after that, the one where. Oh, yeah, the, you're the right. The one where like it was like all black and white with like the San Andreas. Script. Her last album was great, though. It's like it's like folk music. The folk, well, yeah, the, it's folklore, but look, I got, at the same time, great. though. I don't fucking care. That's my exact point. If I point. see her fucking yeah. face one more fucking time <laughs> on the fucking goddamn stage, taking in a trophy where she's like. Oh my God! I can't I just fucking won. believe it. Like, yeah. I don't fucking care anymore. The internet has proven that there's so many good fucking artists with millions, billions of streams that you've never heard of. Why the fuck is the same six people? Because it's a fucking academy and a committee, and it's bullshit. And that's why those things don't matter. Sorry. Somebody give Kenny a fucking Grammy for sale so he can get over this. <laughs> fuck the academy. Did you guys All get right. nominated? You said you didn't, right? No, no, we didn't get anything that year. Kenny, we need to get you, you a nomination, dude. We need to we need to write something magical. I and didn't want it. It's kind of cooler that it didn't. You know what I mean? Like, how yeah, did how yeah, did a song that ended up doing that not even you dominate? Because st- you still have the street cred, bro. You're still underground. That's how it is. Yeah, so. I don't fucking care. Let's know? go into on the list, off the list. Uh, I'll start it out, then Kenny, then Dave. Uh, my on the list this week is Shameless. Show from Showtime. Uh, I love Shameless. I sh- like. Shameless. Yeah, I, well, I finished it last night. I have watched it a billion times. Uh, I just wanted to say this first off. Amazing show. I've, that maybe my most binge show ever. The music on that show, they did an amazing job of curating the music on that show. Uh, I found a war on drugs song through that show. They they always did a really good job. And I shout yeah, out yeah, to yeah. Mondo Cosmo, Josh Ostrander, a uh, great band from Philly, actually got one of his songs on the finale last night. So shout out to Shameless. The only song that did a better job of curating music for the actual show was Entourage. And that's the way the I Entourage it. killed it in that. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Kenny, are you not an Entourage guy? No, no, I am. I watch oh, all of Entourage. I, I thought you were like, yeah, Entourage. No, 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 no. It was good. Yeah, good, good. It was good sound. Good soundtrack. And I did like the, uh, the, um, fucking Shameless soundtrack. Yeah, shame, Shameless. Always always good, they always have good music on it. Yeah, always, man. Uh, all right, Kenny, who's on your list? Eric Andre. Yeah. I watched that fucking bad trip movie the other night. Where have you seen? Where it's like it's like Borat, where it's like half a movie but half reality, like yeah, pranks fucking- and shit like that. It's so fucking funny. And I found, speaking of music, a killer soundtrack. Whole thing start to finish. Great tunes, great music. It's where I got my pick of the week this week. Uh, have you guys ever seen the movie Into the Wild? Yeah. No, I never saw it. With Emil Hirsch. Yeah, Emil Hirsch. He He's like a fucking MIT grad or some shit. And, and it got everything, all the money, fancy-ass degree. Just says fuck everything and just like goes and lives off the land and travels from... Like Georgia to Arizona to Alaska, blah blah blah. But the soundtrack was written uh, by Pearl Jam and Eddie Vedder, and they have like it, it is unfucking believable. Yeah, that was Eddie Vedder's like first solo thing that he did. Yeah, and that's or, a, yeah, heard, it was, it, it was, it was heard, Eddie Vedder, not Pearl Jam. I'm yeah, sorry. He, that song, it was a huge hit. It was a uh, big hard we, world. Yeah, it became. It, it was for the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have time for a little Eddie Vedder story? Go ahead. Absolutely. Oh, yes, absolutely. Do so we have time in, for an Eddie Vedder story? In, in uh, I, God, I think it was like the beginning of 2015, we played Hawaii, and Eddie lives there. Yeah. And uh, Zach Irons, who plays guitar for AWOL, his dad was Jack Irons, who played drums for Pearl Jam, mm-hmm. played drums for Red Hot Chili Peppers, so on and so forth. So yeah. Eddie Vedder is Uncle Ed. 
and he goes hey my uncle ed's coming to the show tonight you're like shut the fuck up uncle ed's coming sure as shit eddie vader comes down watches our whole show i stage dive every single night of the show like during the encore like the whole thing this stage was such a piece of shit. I had to like jump off the craziest little monitor on its side that was wobbly. And while drum solo is going and I was talking to my singer and I'm like, bro, I don't think I could fucking do this. It's too sketchy. Like I'm going to fucking break every bone in my body. He goes, Eddie fucking fetters on the side of the fucking stage. You better go get the fucking stage right now. I go, you're right. I'm fucking you will fucking die for this band my in Eddie's presence. That night, right in Eddie's fucking face. And it was good. Did he give you a nod? Did he give you an approval? Was he just like, that was good? He, uh, yeah, like he, 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 he didn't say anything about it, but he, but I, but it felt good. <laughs> he didn't even see it, actually. He left right now. Yeah, he left. He left well before that. Uh, Dave, yeah, yeah. on your list tonight. Uh, Bratwurst. Okay. 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 So, I went to the first baseball game I've been to in fucking a decade, it feels like, on Thursday. And the best part of Sox Park is when you walk in, the concourse, it, it's an open concourse. And it's like a wind tunnel that blows, like, the food smell right back at you. So you smell that grilled onion smell, mm. and it is heavenly. Mm. So I had about six bratwurst at the game on uh, on Thursday. And bratwurst can play on my team any day of the week. That's a good one, man. Yo, bratwurst over hot dogs. I'll take bratwurst. Oh, uh, every single Same. Same. The only thing, like, hot dogs are just like, they're like a snack to me. See, hot dogs are such a big thing for you guys in Chicago, though, aren't they? You guys put like pickles yeah, on I mean, shit? If, if you're, I mean, it's sausage. So, Midwest, it's cheese, dairy, and beef cattle. And yeah. so, we have like the best of the best. And if you, but if you put a, a fucking hot dog in front of my face, I'll eat it. But like a hot dog is a hot dog to me. Mm. Bratwurst, it's like there's not a big difference between a really good hot dog and a really shitty hot dog. They're all kind of just like in the middle ground, which yeah. I kind of actually appreciate them for being Kenny. Um, but a bratwurst, like you can have a just a shitty bratwurst or an unbelievable bratwurst. There's like exactly. such a bigger variance. I very much appreciate your Chicago accent every time you say the word bratwurst. Bratwurst. <laughs> Bratwurst, man. That's the fucking best. You're going to hear later when you listen back to this episode, we, ha we have a conversation with the Expendables about something, and uh, I say a word in there that I say very wrong with my Philly accent. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, what word? All right, what do you color with when you're a kid? Oh, this one? What do you color Is with that, when you're a kid? It's a crayon. It's a crown. It's not a fucking crown. Why would it be a crown? It doesn't have one fucking syllable. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I call it a crayon. Just C-R-A-N. Is that true? That's yeah. what I call it, yeah. So you got crown so and So we have three different fucking versions here. But I'm from this, I'm like super southern. So like, like crayon. Pronounce every syllable. <laughs> See, crayon. you don't have an accent though. You have like uh, no I've accent. Been, You're, it's like I you're from, from Iowa. I, mean, I lived in Orlando, which is pretty city. You know what I mean? And mm. then I've lived in LA for like 15 years now. But my whole family's New Orleans, Louisiana, deep oh, so like i'm mm -hmm. around it all the time and, and it can come back you got that creole oh yeah coach my my grandma is hard to understand listen if we had me with my accent Dave with his accent and then you had that accent this would be unlistenable nobody would know what the <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. so many right. dialects so let me go into my off the list uh my off the list is automobiles cars all of them uh i'm not a car guy uh, my family's going through it right now uh my car just got out of the shop my wife's car is in the shop for body work right now but the real story here is my mom. Now, my mom is a funny person. She's not funny like a comedian. She's funny like shit happens to her that is hilarious. She falls all the time. Everything, like, it's just a funny person. Like Chris Farley type of humor is my mom. She calls me the other day and goes, 
Kyle, like my car keeps stalling out at every light. Like it's breaking down. Like, I don't know what to do. And I was like, oh, it's definitely like your alternator or something. Like you're fucked. That's going to be a bunch of money. She takes it to the shop. She calls me back later in the week and she goes, hey, so uh, my car's fine. Uh, apparently a cupcake melted onto my throttle and uh, it just clogged it up, but it's fine. I was like, how the fuck did a cupcake get in your engine? Apparently a squirrel took a cupcake up into my mom's car oh, and wow. it melted onto the engine and wouldn't let the throttle open. Motherfucking so, squirrels. Dude, so that is my mom. Like, no other human being on earth that could happen to other than my mom. But, like, yeah, what, what a great moment, though. Like, you're, you're, like, you're getting the call from your mechanic. You're like, all right, this is going to be a G, easy. And they're like, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am uh, there's cupcakes in your engine. So uh, <laughs> cars are off list. Kenny, I know you're a car guy. I'm not a car guy. I, can't, I don't do cars. It's not my thing. Lo- I love cars, man. I love everything about cars, I like rebuilding cars, I like working on cars, I like driving them. Nah, I like yeah, driving yeah. them. I love driving cars. But I drive a Jeep, so they break down constantly. Oh, you're a Jeep person. Yeah, but a Jeep Patriot. I'm not like a doors off kind of Jeep guy. I'm like oh, all right, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have like a fucking Jeep tattoo or anything. No, we don't do the Jeep wave. I don't have anything like that. Uh, fucking a- Rubicon, bro. Yeah, bro. You know, I'm off road. Uh, Kenny, who's okay. off your list? Uh, talking on the phone. Oh, my God. It's on Big my time. off list. If you can't tell me what you need to tell me over a text, I don't want to fucking hear it. I have it's, not, Kenny- it's, it's automatically bad news. Yeah, I yeah, called Kenny. Fucking- I call it's automatically twice. bad news. I, I, but it was good news both times. You just didn't answer. <laughs> no, my but my brain goes to like, they wouldn't be calling me if something wasn't wrong. Right, that, exactly. That would be weird if they were calling I was me. excited. I wanted to talk to you. Now I know Kenny was just fuck you button to me. I don't need this. All right, Dave, who's off your list? Uh, Joffrey Baratheon. He's Ooh, a fucking yeah, 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 yeah. hunt. Yeah, he, he is the he's, biggest cunt of all he, time. He's such a cunt that I hate his, the guy who acts, who plays him. Oh yeah, he like, quit acting because of that. I swear to God, he did because he was getting so much shit, like on the streets, people being an asshole to him that he just said, "Fuck this, I'm out." I Dude, swear did, to God. Did you hear that's about how good the, of a job he did? Did that's you hear how, about he should have won every fucking Emmy, Oscar? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, award, have have any of you guys been watching the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the show that Marvel has put out? It yet. Uh-huh. Okay, so, well, th- in the previews, you know, this is not a spoiler. There's a new Captain America who is, like, taking over for Chris Evans, but it's like, you'll see what happens. But the fans from Marvel hate this guy so much that they've been, th- like, death-threatening his family. Like, they've been like, like we're going to kill you, like, you piece of shit, like, you took Chris Evans' job. It's uh, Wyatt Russell, Kurt Russell's son. And oh. he's like, he's like, yeah, like, I'm having fun being this character, but people keep threatening my wife and children because they don't like me as captain america so dude people are nuts with that shit like that's insane that's some american ass shit that is some american ass shit that probably doesn't happen anywhere else i don't think you'd go to japan they wouldn't be like threatening people on screen and stuff like that it's nuts by the way shouts out japan uh hideki matsuyama the dude who won the masters dude yeah, yeah, yeah. he was dominant too what a boring masters it was open like start to finish that dude just washed everybody hey, so, one by one yeah, but he was in control the whole time. Yeah. So, yo, the dude who came in second, Xander, Sh- or he was in second the whole time, Xander Shoffley, lost $500,000 because he put one in the water. He went down one position and he went from like 1.2 mil to like 700K. So he lost 500 grand just because of one shot. Yeah, I'd, uh, I would be following the ball into the water. Oh, I'd be diving in the water. Although 500 speaking, grand. Spe- but- speaking of psycho fans, do, do like uh, bookies threaten athletes when they fuck up a game real bad and fuck up somebody's line and that kind of shit. Like, That's like a psycho- back in the day thing, you know, like definitely yeah. like when the mob was running that shit. Oh, definitely. 
Yeah, interesting. Because we were just talking about psycho fans and movies. Like there must be like if you fuck up someone's money, bro, by hitting it in the water. You you're know talking what I mean? to like, Dave. Dave City almost killed a guy because he touched the ball in foul play. Remember Steve, right, Steve yeah, Bartman? Yo, yeah. I mean, Whatever. I didn't. I, I, if I ever ran into the guy, I would have bought him a fucking beer and a and a bratwurst and yeah, put him but- on the guest list. <laughs> Steve, Steve Bartman's on the guest list for life, yo. All right, so that's on the guest list this week. Uh, let's go into our what the fuck we've been listening to segment. Uh, Kenny, how about you start it out? I liked your pick this week. Yeah, so it goes right back to my on the list from Eric Andre's The Bad Trip movie. I found this song. It's from an artist named Pell. The song's called Queso. It's one of the dopest things I've heard in a long time. Dude, love it. Really, really, really good. But, dude, I love finding shit for movie soundtracks. It's uh-huh. the best. That, I love that's finding so- anything new. Anything new makes me so inspired. I get, sometimes you listen to new music for so long, you're like, all of this sucks. Then you find one, you're like, thank you. I think second. that song's going to blow up, too. It's like how Dave always talks about commercials, and he always gets songs stuck in his head by commercials. Dave, who, what the fuck have you been listening to this week? Well, why are you laughing? I don't know, man. Why don't you tell us what you've been listening to? You know to? exactly what I've been listening to. Why don't you tell the listeners? I've been listening to the cool, soothing voices of Dexter Holland in The Offspring. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Oh, yeah. Hell, Shit. you guys are fucking ripping no, into listen, me. That's like I, the antithesis we... of, of smooth <laughs> cooling. Are, are you kidding Look, me? I, I you, like you, the offspring. I'm just busting balls here. I like the offspring. I so you guys brought up Sum 41 earlier. I get shit on all the time because, like, and people, like, I don't listen to podcasts ever. I'll listen to a handful of Joe Rogan podcasts a year, and I have music playing nonstop, and all my friends are like, oh, dude, turn the American Pie soundtrack, soundtrack off, you fucking loser. Because there's a lot of times that I'll just be listening to Sum 41 or Third Eye Blind or 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 the offspring i love the offspring i think they're fantastic you know dexter holland do you know anything about him he's very he's tall a, he's got a blonde PhD in like astrophysics or something yeah shit. he's a he could be a, from and he's a pilot. he could be a fucking rocket scientist and he's like yeah. nah i'll just go and be a fucking rock star instead what a and he's a pilot like a crazy yeah. pilot like flies giant ass planes what? and shit like that here's the yeah. thing smash will always be in my top top records like that whole fucking wreck that that was one of the fastest fucking records on all time, too. So fast. Oh, yeah. Bad habit. You oh, stupid yeah. gunshot. Yep. Goddamn motherfucker. Like, come on. That was a... Goddamn motherfucker. Dave, what song did you pick? Want You Bad. It's their, like, love song version. It's so Ooh. fucking corny, but I love that song. Uh, good Foxtrot uh, offspring story. Ken always tells me a story about when he was a kid. He was probably, like, 14, 15, and he was underage, but he, they were playing a show at Festival Pier, and he went to go see 311. Uh, it was 311 in the offspring and Ken was in That's the good. bathroom taking a piss like like blacked out drunk and uh the dude standing next to him was like hey you ready for the show and Ken was like yeah and he was like you ready for the offspring and Ken was like well yeah I'm I'm here for 311 and he was like all right man we'll have a good show and it was Dexter <laughs> Holland from the offspring was the dude taking a piss next to him and Ken was like I seen him on stage and I was like that dude was just pissing next to me That's pretty awesome. dude, I, I think uh, I told this story before once maybe I don't know if it was to you guys or not, but when I was like eight or nine years old, I was flying back from Newark to Chicago, Newark airport. And we were on one of the huge planes with like the three section in the middle. Um, And my grandma was a travel agent. She owned a travel agency out in New Jersey. So we always flew first class until I was like 10, 12 years old. It was awesome. I just wish I was older. Anyways, I was on a flight and I was in the middle. It was just my mom and I. And my mom was to my right and Rod Stewart was to my left. (laughs) So I didn't know who the fuck he was. And my mom elbows me and she whispers and she goes, Dave, that's Rod Stewart. 
and I guess I spoke too loud, and I said, who the fuck is Rod Stewart? And I literally <laughs> said fuck to her on the plane in front of Rod Stewart asking who the fuck Rod Stewart is. And he said he, he thought, like, she said that he thought it was so funny that immediately she started yucking it up with them, and I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, he like turned the, around and started crying. Like that, he, he seems like the kind of guy that's probably like, man, that little kid just fucked me up, yeah. <laughs> uh, my pick of the week, uh, I went with, okay, so I've been on a little bit of a Strokes kick, like early Strokes. I love the Strokes. They're great. See, I did not grow up thinking the Strokes were the best band ever. I was not, it didn't hit me for, I was like, fourth grade when is this it came out yep um but albert hammond jr who's a guitar player i've been writing a lot of riffy stuff recently for the band and he is like him and john Fashanti are two of the kings of like melodic riffs just working with melody albert hammond jr just put out a solo record like two years ago incredible the song far away truths is my pick fucking slapper you can tell just by listening to that he was the brains of that band Oh, for sure. He put that out on Red Bull Records too. Yeah, he did. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he did. Um, he did the gathering, that thing in Louisville. I think like either these. We all do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, We've all been there. We've all done it. We all had to kiss and miss to some radio people. Yeah. Uh huh. Albert Hammond Jr. is awesome, and that song. If you're just looking for good riffy rock and roll, Albert Hammond Jr. is like a savant. He's like a genius yeah. of that shit. Shouts out to the Fender Stratocaster. Uh, so that's what the fuck we've been listening to, boys. Good picks this week. Uh, let's go into our first interview here. We talk with the Expendables. We talk a lot about sports. We talk about food on the road. Great dudes. Uh, and they just announced a Red Rock show that we try and weasel yep. our way into getting Dave on the bill. So uh, let's go into our interview with the Expendables. Yeah! How you feeling? Yeah! You feel all right? All right, ladies and gentlemen, this week on the guest list, we have coming straight out of Santa Cruz, California, one of Foxtrot's favorite college bands, the Expendables. We have Adam and Raul from the band. Boys, how are we today? Doing great. How you doing? Yeah, good. Good, good. Outstanding. I wanted to start off by just bringing up the fact that you guys are one of the reasons that my band exists. Because when we were in college, uh, Ken was my roommate, our bass player, next door to me in our dorm. And we both love the Expendables. And I can't tell you how much time I spent playing Wells, the guitar riff to Wells, in my dorm room. So I just want to say two things. Thank you for making the music. And two, you also probably set me back a year or two because I also being an East Coast guy, tried to be a reggae rock artist, and it just didn't work. It didn't work at all. So, so I'm sorry. And uh... <laughs> well, Yeah, you're welcome and apologize. Yeah, yes. right. uh, Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Uh, hey, reggae, reggae rock on the East Coast is now kind of up and coming. That's this sort of different style. I mean, I think the East Coast, West Coast have, have different styles of what they think, you know, I'm going to do that reggae are you guys, rock is. Are you guys friends with Mike Pinto at all? Do you know Mike Pinto? Yeah, we've actually done a bunch of shows with him, not in years, but yeah, yeah. we've and he's from the East Coast, right? I know he's but, West Coast based now, but yeah. He's... Mike Pinto is a Philly area boy, so that's how right. I always knew him. So kind of got me into the scene as it was. But uh, <laughs> gentlemen, we're very happy to have you here today. Uh, first off, I always ask this, how, how was 2020 for you guys? Because I know it's been tough for a lot of us. You know, it's been great for musicians. Everyone loves it. It was a really fun time. Everyone loved it. I started talking to myself. It was great. Uh, yeah, 2020 sucked. You know, we started... We had this every year we do an annual tour in winter called the winter blackout tour. It's kind of our big tour of the year because we, so when we started doing a lot of bands weren't touring in the winter and we said, screw it. We don't care about going out in the snow and the cold. It's, let's go do some fun shows. And then we just the one year we decided to move it because we had started the weather on the East Coast had started getting so bad over time that snow had kind of made us cancel or reschedule some shows. We said, why don't we push it to, to March? <laughs> For the first time ever, instead of starting in January, we started in March. And what happened is uh, three shows in in Dallas, Texas, uh, 
March 12th. I have to remember that because it's my girlfriend's birthday. She'd get mad if I forgot it again. But um, March 12th, we played our last show in Dallas. The next day, everything shut down. They put us on the bus. They said, you guys are going home. And, you know, we get back to Santa Cruz. It was it definitely felt like some kind of a B movie. You know, you, you go into Trader Joe's and everyone's wearing masks and lines around the block and nobody on the freeways. Like my dad met me at the door to get the keys to my apartment and he's just standing six feet away. It was really surreal. It was kind of a bummer. And some good has come out of that. You know, we've been recording a lot. Everyone got their home studios set up. So we've been pretty productive writing a lot of music and um, releasing singles. Now it's kind of the new way to go. So we've been doing that and it's, so I wouldn't say it was a, a waste or a loss, but it was definitely pretty trying, I think. Made you guys pivot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure. Pivot has been like the buzzword yeah. from this podcast because it's funny. When we started this, Dave's not a musician. I am a musician. So I was trying to kind of explain to him what the past year has been like for all of us. Like trying to – until you hear it from like 11 different people at this point where we're all just like, yeah, this has basically been hell on earth. I don't think it hits – I don't think that like like the general public – like. Because everybody doesn't see this really as a job. Everybody's like, oh, that's just like, you know, that's the dream right there. Dude, everyone was out of a job for a year. This was not cute. Yeah. This was fucked up. Yeah. But I, I will say you guys really have pivoted well. And one thing I took notice of, like, when I was looking through your socials, you guys killed the live stream game. You did a great job with your live streams. We had no other thing to do. So <laughs> that or, you know, just play with ourselves at home. And that I'm looking on that. I'm looking at that couch behind you. Obviously, the listeners can't see this, but did that couch get a good workout or what? <laughs> that couch right there? Yeah, it's that at couch the studio. Right there. That looks uh, like yeah. a backstage confessions kind of a couch. It, 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 I was just going to say, <laughs> like, if you know what that couch means, then you've yeah. been on the internet for too long. <laughs> no, but I will say, like, yo, you see so many bands <clears throat> try and do the live stream thing and just fuck it up miserably, or like it's just like talking into Instagram live. Had you guys experimented with the live streams prior to quarantine, or was this all on the fly? No, on the fly. We not, we never did a live stream. Yeah, I don't think we've ever. We've done we got, a couple things filmed and and done some not live. Things, but never a live stream. No. Yeah, we yeah, just happened to have. We had a, a hookup at a venue that was closed because they're all closed, and so we had a spot, and we had a dude that has. We have a guy that has cameras, and we're like, let's figure it out. So we figured it out. We we did one pretty quick. I think. I think we yeah. did one like. Maybe and I think the first later? two, yeah, I think the first two oh. worked out so well because once we had like a couple beers and fans were requesting stuff, you just played for like three hours. And I think they actually just appreciated yeah. that. And that was fun for us. Um, yeah, but there really wasn't anything else to do. And live streams is definitely not filling the void. It doesn't no. feel the same. You just feel like you're doing a sound check and oh, you don't 100%. get, yeah. A hundred percent. Well, you guys are a band. You're a hundred and like 20 to 150 shows a year was it nice for a period of time not to be on the road like yeah. just from... being at home is nice like uh, but playing shows is as fun even for someone like me with it's got like tons of social anxiety i don't do, do well on stage i have a lot of problems like <laughs> getting out there even you know we've been in a band for 20 years and i still get nervous before i go on stage and i have trouble playing music is what i love to do but the act of like being on stage is still something that i'm never fully comfortable with but I still love that. I still love playing music. That's still going to be my favorite thing. So there was an adjustment period. And yeah, it's nice to be home. Everyone's got their families, you know, wives, girlfriends, kids, all that stuff. So you enjoy that at first. But after a while, it's you start to have almost like, what am I doing with my life? What's going on? Like, am I just wasting my life? Like, are we fucking up our career or messing? Yeah. Like, what's going on here? Like, and then you kind of realize, oh, no, we're still, yeah, this is going to keep going. And our management tried to 
start booking shows and tours and everything just kept getting canceled. And so we just, oh, I guess we're just going to have to just hunker down and, and just deal with this. But you definitely start after a while, you start missing the live show experience. Well, especially in, in your genre of music too. It's such a communal thing. Right. I've always appreciated that about the reggae rock scene. It's, it's very communal. It's very live. It's very, everybody's kind of in tune the same way. Did you have a hard time doing the live streams and like trying to get the same energy out of you than you did when you were playing live? It's hard to vibe off of, you know, just Raul wiggling his butt in front of me, whatever. <laughs> but then, then I really That's an get into it. to you, Raul. Well, it's hard, and then it gets real I fun. don't have a juicy double. As hard as I try, I do not have a juicy double. I've been working on it, but I just don't have the ass meat to make out of crowd. I think you got a good one, buddy. It's it's coming in, but it's still pretty light. It's still you pretty... want some of mine? Yeah, I'll take that. Okay, yeah. Big old yeah. ham hock back there. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just enough for all of us. <laughs> Did we just facilitate an ass trade on uh, on the uh, podcast? This yeah, is, I think so. Yeah. yeah, this is the first, bro. This is I think I think it would help out both parties equally. So I got plenty to go around. So if you need any extra, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna if we're you gonna... hurry up and get that Peloton, maybe you get a little. Well, exactly. six eight weeks. So, well, I'll I'll say it. I got a Peloton. I ordered it. Uh, what's today? Monday, Saturday morning. And I thought that I would have it this week, as in like Monday, Tuesday, they just like bring it to you and deliver it. And I'm like, this fucking Monday, I'm starting to get back into shape. I ran a marathon three years ago. Wow. I put on 30 pounds of fat since then, <laughs> of just fatness. And I'm like, I'm getting back into marathon shape. And it says six to eight weeks. I'm like, ah, all right, well, I get to have fun for six or eight more weeks until this thing <laughs> stares at me every day and it yells at me and says, ride me. Or you're going to be like a disgusting, obese freak for the rest of your life. I can't wait for Dave to become one of those hardcore Peloton people. Like you're in spandex in your own home. I they am <laughs> going to be so obnoxious about it. Yeah. I Everybody's going to hate my guts. By the way, congratulations. 30 pounds is an impressive feat. I've oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's not hard in Chicago. I feel like Chicago food is like that's that's bits to put mass on. That is true. We have... I mean, I, I eat like shit. Well, that was, well, it's a combo. I eat like shit. I don't exercise enough and I drink too much. You just go to, uh, uh, what's that place, Adam? Your cousin always likes to go to Portillo's. Portillo's. Oh yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> that's like our chain tourist thing. But like I, I had an Italian beef this morning for fucking breakfast. And that's what they're known for. <laughs> you're basically so, going, you're going for like a Mardi Gras vibe where you're going for a fat Tuesday before you cut it all out. Just put six. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Six or eight straight weeks. Of Fat Tuesday, you're gonna die, dude. Yeah, I might, but it'll be an awesome fucking six or eight weeks. So I'll be okay. Really like one works. slice of deep dish pizza, and you get a gut bomb. Like that oh, is yeah. so heavy. It's, do you actually? I don't, like I don't it? People, no, I do not. I yeah, yeah. I don't know anyone Chicago that really people, loves it. Like, I wouldn't say get offended, but uh, we were known for deep dish when our style of pizza is super, super thin. It's like paper thin, thin crust. But everybody's yeah. like, "Oh, we got to go get deep dish." I maybe eat deep dish once or twice a year. Yeah. And it looks appetizing. And you eat a slice. You're like, why the fuck did it's I eat so that? I feel yeah. like absolute yeah. shit. Well, that's like for us. Like when I go to different places and people serve Philly cheesesteaks, for some reason, people put green peppers on it. And yeah. that is that has never, ever, ever been done in Philadelphia yeah. ever. I don't know who made that fucking decision. Like it's that's just not onions, right? It's just yeah, fried onions, onions if you want it. Onions, wrap meat, and some sort of <laughs> yeah, like exactly. It's a big thing no, it's of horse. Yeah. It's a big thing of horse meat. It's uh yeah, yeah. it's fried onions and then whatever else they find on the floor. Well, right with yeah. is onions. Is that the, the code yeah. you yeah. use? Yeah. Yeah. W-I-T, wit. 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 Wit is onions. And then 
Adam, you like whiz on your cheese whiz, right? I do, yeah. Hell I like yeah. it like I like it how the, the 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 people in Philadelphia like it, I think. I like whiz. Whiz is basically just like it looks like they melted a bunch of orange crowns. This is a music podcast, and we got oh. a Midwest me, Colin East Coast, you guys West Coast. You just said crowns. Yeah. That's not <laughs> do you know, know what he's do you guys know what he's talking about? Yeah, oh. I knew what he said. My, my wife, my wife says crayons. Crayons? Crayons. Yeah, okay. I say so, I say crayon. It, it, it's crayon. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we, I say we crayons. C R A N S. Crayons. Crayons like cranberries. Crayons. You say crayons. Yes. yes. Uh, my say wife cr- says crayons, but she's from here. But um, I give her crap because I'm like, it's crayons. It's not crayons. But my, my wife is from a street in Philadelphia called West Crown Street, like crown, okay. like on top of your head, and we say crown the exact same way, like, <laughs> like you color with crowns. Doesn't bother it's you. So- Bro, it's so bad. We went going over because our, our <laughs> other co-host on this is Kenny Carkey. He's formerly from the band AWOL Nation. He's yeah. from Florida, but he lives in LA. So like he's getting the worst of me and Dave. Like at all times. Yeah, Dave's yeah. accent's terrible, mine's terrible. We know how it goes. Oh. What 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 is like food that is like from Santa Cruz? Like, what would you guys say you're known for? Uh we got good burritos. Like we got really good Mexican food. California Mexican in general food. has really good like yeah. I think I even you can get that. good Mexican food outside of California, but I think we have a lot of just small little taquerias with like the good yeah. street taco kind of things and good burritos. Mm. Um, everyone thinks that because we're pretty much on the water that we have good seafood. We pretty much have crap seafood. I feel well, like. If you know people, you can oh. get crab and salmon. Yeah. Like, so but, it's basically like a drug deal to get seafood? You're like, dude, yeah, you well, this year, they cut off the crab season, so there's, like, nothing. There's no crab, so you have to, like, know somebody. Crab shortage? And yeah, there's, okay. I don't know what. There's no one's catching any, but, um, yeah, so. Adam and I are kind of what I'd like to describe as sort of low-rent foodies. So when we go on tour, we like to go wherever we are, it's to try whatever the regional kind of specialty yeah, is. Yeah. And so, you know, like when we're New in York. Maine, Maine, we'll go get yeah. lobster rolls, right. you know, mm-hmm. in New York, <laughs> we do this thing we call pizza bur- fantasy and burger fantasy where we go yeah, to like burger all these places right now. Yeah. We are firm believers in uh, going to different gas stations that you can't get in your part of the country and getting their food. Like Wawa. But like, I love going, like driving through the South and you hit like pilots and like loves. And I see you as flying the best, Jay. Flying J. I see you as the best taquitos. Dave, right. I've been trying to describe to you what tour life is like. It's not cute. There's nothing cute about touring. No. I mean, I have no problem eating a gas station hot dog. It's disgusting, <laughs> but it's like some, there's something endearing about it. And it's very shameful. When you start touring and you're trying to live off of $10 a day and Subway yeah. becomes your best friend, then it gets oh, to the point where 10 oh. years later, you're like, oh, yeah, I don't ever want to eat Subway sandwiches ever again. We call it Scumway. We try and hit a Scumway every <laughs> single place yeah. that we go. Oh, man. I still have a hard time eating Subway. Yeah. Just... It's like you you finally pull off to a gas station and you get it there. You're like, all right, I'm going to get, oh, crap. They have a Subway built in. There's like... <laughs> Yeah. I hit the McDonald's five foot yeah. long, putting money in Jared's pocket. Yeah. I, I, you, hit the, you hit the <laughs> McDonald's in an Alabama rest stop, and you're like, "God, I just want to go home. This is yeah. terrible." Yeah. Let me ask you guys a serious question. So, you guys have been around like '97, it says on on your. I'm checking Wikipedia, but '97 yeah. to yeah. 2000 was kind of like your early years. So, you guys have basically been with the same people that entire time, almost, right? Yeah, we Pretty had much. one guitar player quit, but other than that, it's been the same unit since 2000. How the what fuck you guys do you to guys- make him quit? Yeah, what did you guys do? What did you do? Uh, he didn't really want – we wanted to tour, and he didn't really want to tour, and he also didn't want to practice or write music. <laughs> so <laughs> He really didn't of, want to do it. He, he was, was just getting little, over it. Yeah, his heart yeah. wasn't really into it. So We're still, it was, like, best friends with him. Yeah. Like, he might walk yeah. in right now. So, yeah. like, yeah, it's not, you know, weird or anything. He's so just, how, he, the fu- how the fuck haven't you guys killed each other yet? 
uh, it's been close, but to killing each other, right? But oh. uh, I don't know. Adam and I have been friends since we were six. Jesus. Yeah. You so know? you guys have like I've gotten in fist fights with some of my best friends on the planet. Um, and oh uh, yeah, we don't fight. We're, we're pussies. We don't fist fight. Yeah, you guys are from like like you guys, yeah badass cities. We're from I was just reading about I was just reading about <laughs> Philly. I was reading today. I didn't know I was going to be talking to a guy from Philly about. Uh, <laughs> You guys beat up that Canadian hitchhiking robot and destroyed oh, it. Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the, it was oh. the Popebot. No. There was a there was a hitchhiking robot and made it all the way through Canada, and then it came to the U.S. and you guys in Philly beat the shit out of it and destroyed yeah, it. Oh, hey, I've, I've heard some fun it, Philly it, it stories. It literally made it right to to Philadelphia, and the second it did, it got out of the yeah. car, and then they just beat the shit out of it. <laughs> Brotherly love, my dick. But I will say, the, the the big rock station in Philadelphia is called WMMR, ninety three three WMMR. And they did like a charity thing after that when the Pope came to Philadelphia and they did Pope uh-huh. Bot. <laughs> so they just made that robot again and put a, like the Pope's hat on uh, it and they raised oh, a bunch go. of money. So oh, that's cool. we, oh, might, we might beat up an inanimate object, but we will make up for it. That's just kind of how we are. They throw batteries and shit at opposing fans. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. I was there for that. When we were kids, uh, J.D. Drew, who was like the he was the second <laughs> baseman for the Cardinals, who was supposed to be drafted by the Phillies and said he wouldn't come yep. to Philadelphia. And I was probably like oh, my God. 10 maybe. And we're at the vet. <laughs> And it just starts raining down beer bottles and, and batteries and toilet paper. And we, we stayed like my parents were just like, yeah, like it wasn't like a, we need to get out of here kind of a thing. It was like, yeah, you deserved it, dude. So yeah. we hold grudges. I you guys, yeah, you guys are rough on on former players, too. Yeah. Yeah. But we also love harder than anybody else. Like we hate and we love We're we're both ends of the spectrum. There's no like middle ground with us. We're not we're not very laid back people. And I like it because Dave likes to act like his fan base is like the nicest people. He's from Chicago. Oh, dude, no, 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 no. I, I'll like Midwest stereotypes. We'll get into like it's all like, oh nice. Oh, gee shucks. Southside White Sox fans, not like Southside <laughs> White Sox fans would fit in perfectly in Philly because it's a it's a fucking tough ass fan base. Mm-hmm. We don't like opposing fan bases. We fucking hate the Cubs. And like, we will talk shit to anybody. Like if, if you walk some idiot, I went to opening day on Thursday. Uh, there's a small handful of bars that everybody goes to prior to and after white Sox games. And some asshole walked in with a Cubs shirt on. If it, if they were playing the Cubs, that's one thing, but it was a white Sox versus whoever the fuck they were playing the, the Royals and everybody and their mother was giving this kid shit. I'm like, dude, you're going to get your ass kicked if you don't get out of here. So I recommend you leave. Oh, yeah. Like I wasn't going to hit them, but someone would. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, like Colin, I'll say like, cause I, I got family on the East coast and shit. I'm out there in at least New York city, a bunch. And I, I know Philadelphia is really similar to that. Colin's not though. And he tries to be, he tries to be this hard ass sometimes, but he's the nicest fucking guy ever. And I just, there's sometimes I want him to tell me just like, yo, be a fucking dickhead to me, man. Tell me to fuck myself just once. I'm nice. Everything that doesn't have to do with sports. Like if it comes down to sports, I'm ruthless. Okay. That makes okay. sense. Uh, I think the worst thing we ever did personally was uh, NFC championship game. When we won the Super Bowl against the Vikings, they came to our city. And put a oh. Vikings jersey on Rocky. They did their stupid skull oh, chant wow. on the art museum steps. And then they came to the tailgate. And there was like 150,000 Eagles fans out there in the tailgate. There was like 5,000 Vikings fans. And they said we were mean. What the <laughs> fuck did you expect to happen? You, yo, that's like literally jumping into like the gorilla cage at the zoo and being like, I can't believe that gorilla beat the shit out of me. You came to our place. What do you I think? Know, yeah. 
And didn't, I didn't your, know they did all that, didn't your Super Bowl celebration like set humanity back like a few centuries? You guys went absolutely <laughs> bad. Lit your was, whole town on fire. <laughs> no, I will say we were good. We we were. I was in the middle of everything. It was the most loving experience of my life. I was hugging homeless guys. We were having a great time. How drunk were you? Be honest. Um, <laughs> I, I saw pictures of people were just out of their minds. There's Wait. a video that's circulating online of uh, my buddy Sean is taking a video of like broad street which is like where all this shit was going on mm-hmm. and i'm just in the frame and some random girl walks up to me and says i can't open this bottle of champagne can you help me and i was like yeah and i just took it and spiked it on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and i was like fuck yeah let's go and then i turned and i was like oh my god i'm so sorry like i don't know what just happened to me and she was like it's cool i have six more and pulls out <laughs> another bottle of champagne so it was the moment uh, yeah, it felt right well you guys are you san francisco fans like is that your yeah. is that your squad mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Niners, Giants, Niners, Sharks. Giants, a little. Sharks, I'm not a big yeah. hockey fan, but I like the Sharks. Though. Yeah. How well, hot is Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, how hot is he Jimmy is Garoppolo? So sexy. Yeah, he's he's so nice. fucking yeah. hot. Yeah. yeah, you can't he's... even be. You can't fight that. Jimmy Garoppolo is a great looking guy. Right. No, there's just some his... people that are so hot you can't like guy or girl. It doesn't matter. You're like that dude right. is fucking smoking hot. And he's... I think his, historically the Niners have had some pretty good looking quarterbacks. Steve yeah, Young, Joe Montana. Come on, Montana share the same birthday with yeah. that guy. Oh, there you go. Uh, so answer me this. You want to talk shit about so the Niners win this year, right? Which by the way, I think there's a de- I think that team's gonna be good this year. Niners win. What's the celebration? Like you guys burning your city down, or is it just like everybody no. holds hands? Like what's what's the deal here? Like a brie and ch- a brie and ch- brie cheese and wine party. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> you know? Uh um, I mean SF has done some destruction. Yeah. Uh, they did some stuff, I think, when the Giants won a couple of their World Series. I think the first one, I think there was some bad stuff going on. Niners, not so much. Uh, Warriors, they've done some things. Do the Warriors yeah. count? As they're, well, they're, well, I mean, they're basically, they're, the, the closest basketball team to us outside of Golden State is Sacramento, and that's like a three-hour drive. Well, now so, they're playing in San Now they're playing in San I mean, they actually, they started – they were Golden State Warriors when they started because they were splitting between San Diego and San Francisco. And then they just went that. San Francisco and then they moved to Oakland. Now they're back in San Francisco. So yeah. they're right fact. next to the park. The park yeah. I mean, look at, well, I mean, look what the, the Jets and the Giants don't even, they play in New Jersey, right? Yeah. Meadowlands. <laughs> yeah. Fun, fun fact the Warriors were actually Philadelphia's first basketball team. Then they oh, moved yeah. to California. Mm-hmm. So thank you for the chance. Well, I guess we're, we get those championships then, technically. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, you, you get, don't you get the, didn't you have one, right, with the Philadelphia Warriors or no? Yeah, Will Chamberlain was a was a warrior. I think yeah. that was probably uh-huh. the time. But and then I think they got one in the seventies on the West Coast, and then all I, I want for is like forty years. All I <laughs> yeah. want in life is a Sixers championship. That's all I care about. That's all I want, dude. So hey, that, I was rooting for you guys with Iverson against the Lakers. Trust me, so was I. I was <laughs> I, I was eight, and I was I was very much so. <laughs> you guys took game one. I was excited, and then it just all went to shit. People still talk about the the Tyron Lue step over every day. Like that's like the like uh, the biggest landmark ever is Iverson <laughs> stepping over somebody. It's it's fucking incredible. It really is incredible. Um, so looking at it, you guys just announced a show. You announced your first yeah. show back. We got Red Rocks. Yeah fucking first off what a hell of a way to start things back off you're with the movement which i love as well yeah uh, they're great it's gonna be how fun. does it feel to have a show on the books feels start like things are starting to get normal again like we have two right now so oh really what's the second yeah, one uh, santa cruz we nice. were playing too so we have two to look forward to so that's pretty cool both outdoor um both socially distanced limited capacities but yeah but it's, it's gonna be great to be in front of people like yeah, play yeah, music gonna, I'm have like you guys super played happy. red rocks before even in, as uh to open for mm-hmm. someone yeah, yeah this, will be, times, our, this yeah. be our fourth time playing Red Rocks, I think. Yeah. We've played there with uh, 
311 and mm. Ziggy Marley. We've played there with uh, Sublime with Rome. We've also played there with Dirty Heads in Congo. So yeah, this is our, our fourth fourth time there. So yeah. excited. By the way, we're going to break it. Dirty Head or Duddy B is our guest next week. So we have oh, next, awesome. week, next week. I actually have this written down real quick. So you guys have toured with 311, Slightly Stupid, G-Love, Less Than Jake. You guys have toured with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Who's the dream collaboration that you haven't done yet? Like you guys could tour with one band. Who would you pick? Are we talking like a realistic band? Are we talking about hypothetical? Hypothetical. Hypothetical. Guns blazing. Anybody and everybody counts. Hard one. We've toured with a lot of bands, so doesn't have to be the same genre. Could be, yeah, yeah, could be oh, out, yeah, out yeah. genre. I, and it's, I, this isn't a live thing, right? Not a live or dead. <laughs> no, no live or dead. dead or... Guns blazing, dude. Go the, po- the police would have been cool to. That'd play. been awesome. Well, they that like, played been not awesome that long show. ago. It would have been cool to open. Um, we aren't that big enough. I feel like Guns and Roses. <laughs> Guns and Roses would have been great, but like, oh, yeah. I feel like if I picked like all my rock and metal favorites. Just the logical part of my brain, because this is a, a fantasy, but I'm just like, if we played with like Metallica, Guns N' Roses, Pantera, like something like that. Like we would get like beaten up and dragged off the stage by their friends. But <laughs> in Philadelphia. In no, this, Philadelphia. This is one thing I will say. So so people on its face look at it and they think reggae rock. Well, you fucking shred, dude. You you absolutely Thank shred. You. He's a you shred have, master. You have metal moments. Like you like has there ever been a moment where you guys think like, yo, let's just fuck everyone up and just put out a metal record. Just a straightforward <laughs> We actually did think about doing like a split EP where it was like we either we would do some of our older songs, switch them to metal versions or and vice versa with the reggae. It, did, it was just like an idea we had that I think some of our fans even liked it just never came to it. It's just one of the things where like growing up, I was always into guitar driven music. And mm. when the band came together, everyone had different styles. And for us, it was nothing's ever off limits musically. If it's country or rock or hip hop or, you know, I mean, like we've covered, uh, what's, I'm drawing a blank out of, what's the hip hop song we just covered not that long ago? Uh, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Nothing but uh, a G thing. Nothing but a G thing. Like, yeah. it's like and we could also turn it, we, we put this out yet? I can rap. Uh, you gotta put that out. We bro. just did it. We just done it live. I think it would be fun to actually do it, but we could do that and go straight into a rock song, go into hip hop, do a song that's like country twang. Like we have, you know, all those styles in us. And for us, it's like, if it sounds good, play it. There's no uh, like limits to what we are accepting to play. Do, do you think that comes from your early days of playing like parties and bars and shit where you were covering stuff and then you had, and like, I know for me, the reason why we cover so much weird off the wall shit at our shows is because we had to cut our teeth when we were in college playing bar shows. So mm-hmm. we would go from playing Hootie and the Blowfish to Nelly to like whatever we had to. Did, did, did that influence we, the band later on down the line? We, we didn't do a lot of like two uh, covers in like our college days. Really? That would be. It was more in high school mm-hmm. when we didn't know how to write music or whatever. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think it's more of like what Raul was saying is like Raul was really into guitar driven music. So he brought that to the band. Jeff was like the reggae guy kind of, uh, I kind of like more punk stuff and nice. Ryan too, a little bit, but also reggae and ska. So like, that's kind of, I think how we got so weird mm-hmm. kind of sound. Yeah. Like, I feel like the covers we did I mean, in the beginning, it was like tequila and fortunate son and yeah. like wipeout. It was like <laughs> Louis, really, Louis. we just, yeah, yeah really weird. Stuff like, why are these kids playing this? Right, we do. We knew five really mediocre songs, not even mediocre, and then we just do them again. Yeah, it was like we just figured out how to play. We Um, did. We used to do wagon wheel every show because, like, when we were first, well, when we were first starting out, the Darius Rucker version was like the hottest thing in the streets. So Mm -hmm. we'd be playing like college bars the entire time. People were just going 
Wagon Wheel. Play Wagon Wheel. Oh, yeah. All right, so for the seventh time tonight, we're going to play Wagon Wheel. <laughs> I, hate, I, I hated being a cover band. I just want to say that. I hated it. I want to start doing it because I, I have, I never actually got to do that, and it sounds like fun, like just getting wasted and playing cover yeah. songs. But yeah, I our can drummer, see how it get old. Our drummer Jimmy wasn't in the band when we were in college, so he mm-hmm. recently said he's like, dude, wouldn't it be so cool to one day just be like an old head down the shore, just like playing covers? And I was like, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> that shit sucked. You know how many yeah. times I got hit with beer bottles? Oh like, man, I fucked up a song too many. Wow. I don't want to do that. Yeah, I never thought about I mean, it that way. Though. Yeah, that's yeah, really. Philadelphia, baby. Because uh, I look at it like with us, it's like it's like not everybody likes all your originals. When you're a cover band, you figure you're at least playing songs that most people probably like. They're hits. Yeah. But I guess if you screw it up, then you're gonna get pelted with a beer bottle. Yeah, my, my story was always we fucked up a Green Day song, Jesus of Suburbia. We were a three-piece band and I was playing an acoustic guitar. We did it as a joke, and somebody didn't find it funny, and I got smoked <laughs> in the face. Uh real quick, Raul, let's talk about your hat for a second because I was doing my research. So you guys have gotten into the cannabis space. Oh. Doing doing our part, trying to see make it work. Pivot, so right? Expendo farms. Expendo there, farms. Isn't, there isn't a lot of uh, retirement plans for musicians. So this no, like, not at all. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we've been working all about, you know, California has gone legal, but they're not making it easy. But you know, for us, it's all about organic product and good quality, almost like craft beer kind of is, mm. is the way we look at it. So partnering with like-minded companies and working with people in different farms to sort of bring sort of a good quality product to smokers. Yeah. And we have a good outlet and strong base of fans that are cannabis users. And if it's on the recreational side for some people or for someone like me, that's more on the medicinal side, I like to stick to mostly CBD kind of stuff uh, mm. in terms of like helping me sleep and reducing my anxiety. So there's a, such a huge amount of of strains out there and information and we just kind of want to bring sort of high quality stuff to people because a lot of the mass-produced stuff you know has a lot of pesticides which i didn't even realize until we started getting into the weekend that pesticides are one of those things that can really in, increase and induce paranoia in people like you know you get really high and you get really paranoid and that's kind of why i sort of stayed away from you know high thc strains for so long is just because of like i'm already full of <laughs> neuroses and paranoia and then I guys smoke weed and I start freaking out that the old lady at the gas station knows that I'm high and she's going to call the cops like that's not good for me not good while for you're my picking brain. up your your gas station hot dog on the road yeah exactly yeah. we'll be honest with you about something because like to me like the branding makes total sense I mean, yeah I mean you know what I mean it fits yeah well my question is do you guys smoke that much or is it is it something that the band enjoys as much or is it something you want to supply to your to your to your fans well, we're all really different. Like Jeff smokes a shit ton of weed. Yeah. And Ryan too. I'm like more of the guy, like at the end of the day, if I'm playing Madden or something, I like to get stoned and go to the bed. Right. And Raul's kind of more of the CBD guy. Yeah. And occasionally oh. smoke some weed and it's really fun. Yeah. But, like if like with some fans, like I'll fake chow it, you know, maybe yeah, later yeah, in there. But yeah. I'll get I'll but, get a little high every once in a while, but not yeah. very often. But yeah. to me, it's more about the but, CBD side of things. Yeah. But like our music though, we all bring something kind of different to the table in the weed world. Like we have our mega stoners all the way to the barely evers and it's everything right. in between. So like and I think that's kind of how everybody is in general. There's you know, there's a lot of people that just smoke every once in a while or smoke like like you would drink. So drink. So you bring up actually a really good point right there. I and and I we I mentioned this to Pacific Dub and those guys last week, and um, I never smoke weed. I not because I I don't like weed. It's or like 
it's not because like I'm against smoking weed. It's because mm-hmm. I just don't like that feeling of being high off weed. Yeah. And I always said, if you, if you just took the, the style of music I listen to, which is almost solely reggae rock that like you guys, I've known you guys since forever, for oh. like 15 years or so, which is all, it all ties in full circle, which is weird to me. But, um, we were talking to chill moody about this. He's a, he's a, a hip hop artist. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him or not, but he has uh, started, he's like, he's figured out a way to package different branding opportunities. He's got a craft beer. He's got um, a, um, what's it called? A kombucha. Kombucha. Like, yeah. And depending on where he is, that's where he'll, he'll sell his shit. So if he's playing like a festival or some shit, he'll have craft beer. And it's like, I thought that was a fucking genius way of, like kind of marketing without having to market like because he can control all the product at his show with you guys like i think i'm that outlier because i don't smoke weed but everybody who listens to you guys smokes weed everybody listens so if you guys have your own line it's gonna sell its stuff just because you guys you know have the like that's that type of music yeah, that's why we're hoping it federally goes legal. That would make yeah, it a yeah. lot easier for us to do something like that where we can travel and we can be able to sell strains. Do you guys know D- THC Delta 9? It's the new legal stuff. So look up 3CHI. It's 3, the number 3 CHI. They mm-hmm. found like a loophole where you can, they can ship it to all 48 those lower usually, states. <laughs> those usually and, don't last long. No, though, they've yeah. lasted forever. They advertise uh, Barstool and that's everything. That's crazy. And, and it's THC? It's, it's THC. It gets you legit high. Oh, and it's crazy. but it's like a really really clean high, hmm. so. Um, yeah. Dave like, also Dave also is a big glue huffer. Like he. Yeah, to I like to glue. huff glue. Um, <laughs> I, I have a meth lab in my apartment. Um, like that's a, why there's this, nothing on the yeah. walls. Is there like? Are you like a connoisseur? Like you can tell the difference between glue brands or? Like, yeah, like oh, yeah. Elmer's is my glue of choice. Um, <laughs> like I don't like the, the shitty like like Rosart Rosart. Glue stinks. It's bad. It's bad glue. Like if I came over to your place yeah. with like with like a plastic baggie filled with rose art, you'd be like, get this trash away from yeah, me. Get, like get, get, like flush this down the toilet. Don't don't embarrass me right now. I don't even know how to huff glue, but you guys obviously <laughs> do. That's what, that's pretty awesome. Dave does not make little baggy. Yeah. Uh, that's great. I've never actually met Dave in person. We've only done this oh, really? through Zoom. Oh, yeah, this great. That's great. Shit. I hope I actually make it to his house in in Chicago and I walk and there's just fucking things of glue all over the. <laughs> Dude, place. you guys see the background? It's just white walls. A TV, a couple yeah. couches, and a dog. That's it. Yeah, it almost kind of looks minimalist. like like you broke into someone's house to do a podcast. And <laughs> I mean, I've had to make some mac and cheese, part. take a shit, not flush. <laughs> like that's, that's. I mean, the bathroom door never record. one time has been closed here. You just see someone walk out of the back, like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> Hello. No, I I live in a high rise, so I have walked into what I thought was my apartment, but it's been Ooh. like the wrong Ooh. floor. Dave's it's a very, man. very awkward feeling. Sketch. Dave's actually been dead for years. He's a ghost. <laughs> <having Here goes. laughs> All right, hold on real quick. So what we, we like to do is we, well, the, towards the end of the interview, we like to do rapid fire questions. These have not always uh, have things to do with music. These okay. you know, listen, I know get me in trouble. We've just been talking a lot about weed. I'm sure that the, the quick decisions are probably not the best thing here, but we're, we're going to get this <laughs> done. So just a couple quick, dis- or quick snap judgment questions here. Okay. Who is the most famous person you've ever seen at one of your shows? Technically, it's going to be Gene Simmons because we played with him. So I'm going to go with Gene Simmons. Ooh, yeah, that's, that's a good answer. That's Wesley a... Snipes was also at that show. That was a yep. Comic-Con after party. So what? <laughs> how's he doing these there? days? He's shorter paying than I taxes. thought he'd be. He's yeah. definitely paying his taxes. <laughs> he's, but, yeah. he's a lot shorter than I thought. He's probably like 5'7". Hey, we're not heightest on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't right, say we... it was bad that he was short. I just said that it was 
Not what I was I'm, expecting. I'm five ten, so I'm looking down on all you losers. Wait, how tall, are, guys? How tall are you, Raul? Six four. We're a, we're a taller band than most. Like oh, everyone thinks God, our singer's dude. short. Our singer's five ten. It's uh, six four, six three. I'm six two, and Jeff's five ten. I think. Fuck I'm you guys. Second, second question here. Uh, Sorry. Here we go. What's your favorite spirit? What do you guys drink? I've never been. It's called the spirit. That's just funny. I've never heard that. I've like, never heard that either. Loud. You never heard the spirits. I, I thought you were going to say spirit spirits. animal. Spirits is booze. <laughs> no, yeah. I know. Yeah, spirits yeah. is liquor. What's your favorite liquor? Um, liquor. If I'm going to just drink, probably whiskey. Um, yeah. I don't really, you know, have a favorite, favorite. I used to like Maker's Mark a lot, but there's I other like ones Maker's. I really like. Yeah. Yeah. If we're sticking strictly to spirits, I would say. <laughs> uh, East Coast, baby. I would say bourbon, like Blanton's. Blanton's. I can't believe how expensive bourbon's gotten. Blanton's, like, dude, it's really Blanton's used to, I mean, because I remember we've had Pappy's before, because Pappy's, when yeah. Pappy's kind of blew Pappy up, was the thing, and you're like, okay, it's great, but like, I'm not going to spend $120 a bottle when I can find it. And now it's ridiculously in the hundreds or thousands if you find it. But Blanton's was like a nice substitute for me. That used yeah. to be 50 bucks, and now Blanton's yeah. is like 100 to $150. It's like the it's like the craft uh whiskey boom. Yeah, right? it's like it, people it's wanted huge. everything is expensive now. No. I don't know why I thought you guys were gonna say tequila. I feel like West Coast is tequila. Raul hates it. I hate tequila. I've, yeah. I love tequila. I like that tequila. Makes it too. Even I haven't the good drank stuff, it since Christmas though. Even the good stuff I have trouble putting down, like the Casa Azul and like, like Don Julio, all that stuff. And, yeah, I like actually do like Casamigos. Shout out George Clooney. Yeah. We've been getting a lot of shout outs. Maybe we're gonna get some cash from get you guys totally. some cash from Pelotons, from yeah. George Clooney. Yeah, it's we- typically no free ads. I was actually gonna ask this. Do you guys get like residuals or could you like sue their fucking dicks off? Uh the the from the movie, the expendables with slice. No, I, I think technically it's a different medium. So yeah. no. Oh, so you hey, they did screw they did screw you us thought about it though. Because they bought well, they bought up all that Google ad yeah, space. They, so um, if you oh, search yeah, the expendables, sure, yeah. you know. We still just organically we show up in the top ten, I think, but they have the first five. So, no. When I was telling people, I had the Expendables coming on this week. Like nice. two people, like, oh, Sylvester Stallone, the yeah. movie. You're having the whole movie come on the. Po- Shut the fuck up. You know I meant the. <laughs> we we don't get the the movie stuff on Instagram anymore, but still on Twitter, you get a lot of like, oh, yeah. Jason Statham, Expendables <laughs> three. Or like, do you get tagged in like the band? Or the or the uh, the movie like like official handle Twitter, yeah, 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 and ev- eventually you stop getting excited. You're like, whoa, Terry Crews just. Uh, it's not us. Yeah. I don't know if you guys follow uh, Parcel too much, but there's this dude who I work with who he lives out in New York City. His name's Kevin Francis Clancy, so everybody just calls him KFC. And once every month or six weeks or so, someone will be tagging him, just bitching about him, about like <laughs> like undercooked chicken and shit. Yeah. And he just rolls with it. And like, why didn't you bring back the double down? Yeah, he's getting yeah. Oh, yeah, it's funny. The double down. Holy Dave, that needs to be your last meal before you go like lean mode. Did, do you remember what the double down was? No, I don't think so. It was a, it was like a ham and cheese sandwich that the bread was two pieces of fried chicken. Yeah, that's like the kind of shit I'm going to be doing. I think they have a one right now that's kind of similar. It's chicken in the middle and it's two Krispy Kreme donuts on the outside. We I've saw seen that, that one in Arizona. Yeah. That. Holy shit. America's in That's what I should do. So like <laughs> I would be doing this anyways, but I should just like I'll I'll be putting on like 50, 60, 70 pounds in the next eight weeks. But wow. I should just it turn it into content. Yeah, you should. Yeah, you should. So it's like it's for worker actually. 
Yeah, you can probably write it up for new taxes. Work-related <laughs> yeah. weight gain and then work-related weight loss. It'll be great. Yeah, yeah I'll get like HelloFresh, no free ads. I'll get Peloton. Oh, to this is me. actually a good idea. Yeah, after I, they cut after they cut your foot off from the diabetes, dude. Yeah, exactly. That's how you, you can you can still probably clip into the Peloton if you got like a like a prosthetic leg. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Wait, so, thing it probably so makes it easier. So Dave, how old are you? I'm 32. All right, so you are just at the cusp. This is going to be great. I wouldn't normally have suggested you become a fat shit and then lose the weight on the Peloton, but you're still young enough. In about two years, your metabolism is going to go away and losing weight is going to become near impossible. Uh, it, it's, it, but you're, you're, prime, to, you're prime candidate right now. I used to be able to fucking stay fit as shit, and it was 30. 30 was a cutoff for me. So I've already reached that peak. Now okay. it's just like I, I can't look at myself in the mirror. I want to puke. Fuck, I'm 29. Yeah, yeah you tell me I'm heading towards a cliff. Yeah, your life's almost it's over. Coming. You got a couple. You got a couple good years left. If you have good metabolism, you got to like 34, 35. But if you don't, then you're you're probably screwed. Well, you know what that means. Thirty five means steroids. Here we go. This is I was just planned, about to bro. say that. There I'm going to start taking steroids. Yeah, but yeah. I heard that you testosterone. Just like fat, anyways. If you take steroids and don't work out, and working yeah. out is the single worst fucking thing on the planet. I have you ever lifted a weight? Any of you guys? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it is. Day. It's heavy. Why would yeah, you I work out? Outside? I work out like six days a week. I try to anyway. Oh my God. I was going to say, Raul, I you, do not. Raul, you probably know this then. You know, the steroid guy in the gym, he's walking yeah. around. Yeah. He has, he has very specific type of bald, baldness. Yeah. But he also has hair everywhere else. And he just yeah. smells like pure guy. gasoline. And like there's, <laughs> I don't know if they make them themselves, but they have those like muscle tees where their nipples are hanging out the sides and the, the straps are super thin. Yeah. Like, where do you like, where do you guys get those? I've never seen a store that sells a shirt like that, but they always have, there's millions of them out there. All right. So I have one more question for you guys. Yeah. Now, this relates right. back to the entire basis of what this podcast is. So you are our first guest to have a show booked. Dave's nervous about this. So I'm nervous about this part of the podcast. And also we need you guys involved in this. So we're also doing a video series where over the next year, me and Kenny are going to turn Dave into a rock star. Dave has no experience playing the guitar. We're teaching him how to. But what we want to do is we want to get Dave on stage. We need to get Dave in front of people. Can Dave fly to Red Rocks and play a song with you guys? <laughs> I'll play uh, Bowl for Two, and I will fucking kill it. Yeah, I mean, the hesitation, the answer is no. Yeah, no, it will career, but it will be um, great for us. What do you think? Yeah. There so you've go. never played an instrument? Never. No. I played piano when I was like in three weeks. For... Okay, so it's basically a month away. Yep. Yeah. Okay, I, mean, I, I want to say, say yes just to see the train wreck. That's no, so this is, this, <laughs> this, is, this is how it kind of originally started. So about a year and a half ago, I want to say, I, I was arguing. I'm like, I could, I could play a song. Like, and this was a joke. And mm-hmm. I'm like, give me a year and I'd be able to play uh, Voodoo Child by Steve Ray Vaughan, Jimi Hendrix. And Bob Fox, one of my coworkers, typed in. He's like, I could give you 20 years and you couldn't play that song. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to get a guitar tomorrow, motherfucker, and I'm going to start playing it. So I picked it up and I and I, I play it like twice, three times a week when I can. But I, it's been a year and a half and I still can't play Voodoo Child by Steve Ray Vaughan. He plays yeah. a mean G chord, dude. Yeah, G-chord I can play the G chord. Hey, Adam's learning guitar. Adam, Adam will yeah, tell you the tough one. C is, C is the tough one for him. C is the oh, man. F, F is the one for him, dude. Yeah, yeah I can't. Barred F chord. I can't fucking. Uh, my hands are like, they're not flexible enough. And they're like, I got sausage links hands. 
But hey, you only need three notes to make a chord. I cheat on F chords all the time. So I cheat on the, I've been teaching him. Dave, what did I tell you? I've been teaching him cheating chords the entire time. Mm-hmm. Let's cheating cut the bullshit away. out. I don't need I don't need you to play perfect like from the book chords. This is how you get from this point to this point faster. Don't worry about it. We'll cheat our mm-hmm. way through this. But so the answer is yes. He, so the answer is I mean, yes. we, we can't speak without uh, the rest of the band, but it's definitely a yes for me. Probably a hard maybe. <laughs> what about when we play Chicago? I can say yeah, yes dude, to that. That's, we that's, listen, if you, we play Chicago, you, you, anytime we play Chicago, we can give you we like, play the, uh, on, what's it called? Bottom Lounge. Bottom Lounge. Bottom Lounge, usually. I've never mm-hmm. been there, actually. Um, I thought it was a cool famous. Well, House of Blues sometimes. Yeah, I've been to, I've been at House of Blues a bunch yeah. of times. Um, oh, so I get it. So he'd he'd he wouldn't slum it at Bottom Lounge, but he'd right. go to House of Blues. Got <laughs> no, it. Uh, I, 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 no, it's not that I I, mean, I don't want. Dave's never played will, a guitar in his life. Yeah, he's like, ah, I'm not gonna play that like, shit. Have you guys House ever played uh, uh, Kings and Minds? Wait, what? Kingston Mines, it's, it's a, another very famous. So we were just talking to Mark yeah. Bearish about this, and he asked me, he's like, hey, how's Kingston Mines doing? And unfortunately, they were a casualty of Corona. They had to oh, shut no. down. Bummer. And it's, it was my favorite it, fucking place on the planet. What's your Philly venue? Where do you guys play in Philly? Because I think you guys have done Festival Pier. I think I remember. We've done, yeah, which was it used to be, or Penn's Landing, was that what yeah. it's called? TLA. Yeah, exactly. Uh, TLA. Uh, we've played the Trocadero a few times. Um Although the last couple times they've had us not in Philly proper, they've had us in uh, Ardmore. Oh, Ardmore Ardmore? Music Hall? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's, a cool little venue. That's not Philly, right? It's it's on the main line. It's right outside. But the guys who own the Ardmore Music Hall own a bunch of venues in the city. Hmm. It's funny, though. You mentioned two venues. Two of the four venues you mentioned aren't here anymore. Uh, TLA's is gone? TLA's there. TLA will never go anywhere. Is Troc's gone? Troc is gone. What about Oh, That's Electric Factory, gone. we played there too. The Electric Factory is now called uh, Franklin or Franklin Music Hall. Yeah, it's, it's owned by the Bowery. The Bowery bought it up in Bowery uh, Yeah, it's funny, man. The whole city because we have a Fillmore now, which is yeah. Cool. You guys have a Fillmore, yeah. It's a big Fillmore, one too. Right? Oh, it's humongous. The the downstairs holds like fifteen hundred, and the upstairs holds six. Oh um, shit, we have played there. That's a beautiful venue because they have the we have one of the best backstages. They have like yeah, it's a whole yeah. It, the the whole backstage that was the last show we played before. Corona in Philly. Was yeah, we played there with Real Big Fish. Yeah, yeah, that place yeah. was awesome. Wait, hold on a second. Our old guitar player, Colin O'Donnell, he's a touring member of the band, uh, plays in a band called Dry Reef, and they opened that show. Did they really? They did. Yeah. They were a local opener for that show. I'm 100% were, positive of that. I think there's a, yeah, it might have been. I, I don't remember. Yeah, it's a while he ago, said but... you guys were total assholes. He said you Probably. guys were divas. You, you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You spit on them? Like, yeah, what, what's that, that sounds about? Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we're like, yeah. <laughs> Get out of my green room, peasant. This is for yeah, the touring peasant. house, not for the yeah. local openers. For this all, shit. Did you did you meet one of my green M and M's? Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, this has been absolutely fantastic. We can't thank you enough. We'd love to oh, have you guys you. back on soon. Absolutely. Also, we'd love to have you help us turn Dave into a rock star. Yeah. yeah. So let's say that we'll do a, a maybe on the Red Rocks, but definitely anytime no. <laughs> we are in Chicago, you can get on stage and play any song you want. I will not. What's the word I'm looking for? I will not embarrass. I'll say that you're banned enough to get on tour with you, but for some like Chicago, uh, maybe, but definitely for like part of the video series when we do make it out to the LA area. I mean, um, let's be honest, you're you're not going to embarrass us. <laughs> I think that's well, man, the bright spot like, here. <laughs> I I'm I'm good at you would feel secondhand embarrassment just watching me. And if you want to play Voodoo Child, we can back you on that one too. So there you go. I'll just move my fingers around and act like I'm. Playing I kept it. telling him like we have all these like big shows pending, or we have things that like were scheduled and that we got moved back. And I was like, dude, we're bringing you on stage. And he's like, I feel bad. Like he's like, you got these big shows. Like you're gonna have me come on and embarrass you guys. And I'm like. 
dude, you're not embarrassing us. We're gonna fucking love it. This is on you, bro. Just laughing the entire every everybody like any anybody who's in the crowd that has no idea what's going on, like yeah. that it's actually a joke is just gonna be like, what the I fuck mean, is this? Actually, we did that for about two years where during Bowl for Two, we'd stop and we'd bring an audience member up on yeah. stage to play with us. And there were some really great guitar players out there, but there were also some really, really bad ones. Some that were so bad that they just wanted to get on stage and they lied, said they could play it. And then we'd have to kick them off. <laughs> one, of those dude, out of here. one of those uh, dudes plays with Revolution now, though. Yeah. So, really? Yeah. yeah. Dude, he, killed, he was, he was like one of the, the good ones. ones. <laughs> like, Holy shit. You know what makes me mad? There's sometimes you see like big bands pull somebody out of the crowd and they act like it's like uh like organic but the yeah. person knows it so well yeah that it's like you know there was a dm before this and they set yeah. this up not we, us we played it's a like, festival uh not last summer because it wasn't the summer before and the killers were there and so we're standing side stage for the killers and uh they pull this guy out of the crowd and they're like he's gonna play this song and he's the one who counted it in like he was like all right boys on two he's like one two and like i was like come on we Wait, know this was set up we didn't set any of them up i don't think maybe maybe one our friend wanted to do it and we yeah we yeah oh that, yeah there was a, a guy that was working for us that did merch it was his last day working for yeah, us that's he was oh that's cool. was cool. a setup one. madly in love with both for two and jeff's so like let's get him up there and do it that's the only one every other one was not planned you oh, can tell yeah, it's so not so planned because we've had to Multiple, you're like, dude, you don't know what you're doing. One guy was just on <laughs> mushrooms. He was just on mushrooms. And he didn't even know how to play the guitar. He just stood there like, yeah. <laughs> bugging out <laughs> that's great but that's like better imagine yeah. like coming out of a trip and you're on stage in front of like a thousand people you're like yeah. how did i get here yeah oh my god all right boys it's been a pleasure yeah hey thank you guys so much yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you, you guys all right, so that was our new friends, the Expendables. Great guys. Uh, if you haven't, if you're in the Cal or Colorado section of America, go and try and get tickets to their show at Red Rocks. I'm sure it'll sell out. Uh, they also have a new single dropping next week, so we need to check that out as well. Good dudes. Uh, Dave, we did have a long conversation there about your Peloton. Uh, Kenny, you're in a band called Fitness. Do you have any uh, fitness tips for, for, for Dave as he starts his journey to get absolutely ripped? My fitness journey has really just led me to doing, I could say less than zero <laughs> uh, amount of effort and, and, and work. And uh, that's kind of, it's kind of like anti-fitness. We, we lost the anti on the top because anti-flags already got it. So right. we just kept with fitness. But yeah, no, no, we're the, we're the opposite of fitness. I feel like it doesn't make any sense because you're skinny. Like, what do you do? Like, do you just not? He like, just eat? gets lucky. It's lucky. Are you talking to me? Yeah, you uh yeah i guess man some asian fucking like poor people blood i guess you know what i mean like <laughs> i don't know man. i loved in that interview how i was trying to like i fucking hate lifting weights because I, I like i say this all the time but why would anybody ever lift a weight it's fucking heavy it's and i i looked at raul and i had never seen raul like up in person like that and I'm like, yeah, doesn't lifting weights suck? And I look at him and I kind of look him <laughs> up and down. He had fucking pipes on him. And he's like, nah, man, I'm actually in the gym every six or six days a week. Me and him had, had a conversation about steroids after that. Me and him were like, yeah, so like fucking steroids, right? <laughs> See, I'll do anything but run. That's the worst thing in the world. I'm the opposite. Me. I'll I run. Not but... I fucking hate running. I hate it so much. I feel like when you start like working out, it becomes a mental thing to where it becomes like kind of like a routine thing. Like that's the only reason, like that's why I do it. I like, I'm a routine guy. I like to do the same thing all the time but if like that's not your thing but like there's certain like i don't think fucking anybody in our band besides me wants to like go lift weights like jimmy and eric are not going to go fucking lift weights on the road but like it's a routine thing for me i'm a fucking weirdo so but all right other than that there is something else that dave is also working on before we get into our, our pick of the week 
Dave, we got to get you to pick up the guitar, bro. We got to get me to pick up the guitar. Uh, since baseball season started, it's been bad. It's been yeah. very bad. I, I played a couple times last week for an hour or so of pop. Um, but since Thursday, I haven't looked at it. Um, I got to start going in the mornings, dude. I feel like we need to start the video series soon in order to just kick this up. Like, just I feel like do it. Just do it. We need I'll to get... make him perform on the show. Yeah. Oh, my God. Put him on the you spot. Want, you don't want that. I do want that. I do want that. Well, we just need to start doing some more video sessions, but I think we just need to start like getting people involved because if you look at the list of people that already want to help you become a rock star, we have a good list of people, like a pretty good list of people. I think we just need to start getting motherfuckers involved. That's just start it. just start badgering them. Say, hey, dude, like, what do you – Hey, remember – You're on the road next week? Fuck that. You're – at home in the studio with Dave. Exactly. Well, no. Also, nobody's on the road right now. So well, that's true. Perfect time. Yeah. We true. got a captive audience here. It's great. We'll hit them up. And be like, remember that podcast you did three months ago? Yeah. Let's cash that favor in. Not bro. really. <laughs> <laughs> cash in, baby. Oh my god. All right. So yeah, that's this week's episode as far as segments goes. We have an amazing, amazing episode next week. We have Duddy B from the Dirty Heads coming on. Uh, Kenny's friend, I guess. Kenny, would you call him a friend? Yeah, for sure. A fucking Duddy. Duddy so. I don't even know if Duddy's really the only one that smokes weed in, in Dirty Heads. They've got this kind of big stoner vibe, but and, and Duddy is a connoisseur of smoking mm. weed as well. Anyway, I was the only person who smoked weed in my band. We play a lot of festivals together and shows together, and so Duddy and I would always twist them up and kick it. And he's been um he fe- did a feature on this band, this reggae band that I was working with a couple years ago, and uh, written a couple songs with him. Yeah, he's a buddy, man. He's a good dude, good. family it's man. Gonna be a good conversation. Expendable said that they don't even smoke weed really. Just yeah, one. Said- they said they have like yeah. pockets of people in their band. Like they have like yeah. two people that smoke all the time, and then other people who don't. I don't. I've never smoked weed before. That's Duddy sad. does smoke hard too, my man. Like I feel like Kenny, you're gonna entice me into. You're just gonna like. Although we've been in the studio together, I didn't smoke then. I tried. I know you did try actually. I'll I, get him. Uh, I'll, I'll peer pressure him. I'm not yeah, against. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah, not yeah, yeah. against it. it just, I just haven't taken the dive yet. I'm just afraid I'm gonna get addicted. You know what I mean? I'm afraid I'm gonna overdose. I mean, weed, especially <laughs> if you shoot it. Kenny just like, completely yeah. ignored that. Kenny was like, this is. This I was is sending a text. No, this I was sending a text. Thing. You know what you can do, though? I had a buddy one time. I had a buddy one time. We all have a friend that we call like Manimal. You know what I mean? Like our bigger oh, friend yeah, that just fucking it's like Manimal. He was, he was grinding up weed and nobody said anything. And he goes, fine. If you want me to take a key bump, I will. And he took a key and he snorted Keef, like weed Keef into his fucking nose in both nostrils as a joke. So that's another option. You Did it do, do anything to him? No, it just gave him bad allergy attacks. Yeah, like, why sure. am I sneezing? Uh, Eric, uh, our other guitar player, has this video of him and his buddies and he put the bowl of a bong in his nose and uh, he lit it and, and smoked it like that. I've never seen anybody in that much pain in my entire life. The kid looked like oh, he, sure he looked like he got mace, bro. Fire, yeah. What's the weird? Go ahead. What's the weirdest thing what? you've done with weed? Oh well, I didn't. It wasn't about me, but one time I was eating mushrooms with a bunch of friends, and my buddy grabbed the bong, looked at it, and just started drinking. Out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that to the day I die. It's like high school. You're like that guy's dead now. That guy's he dead. Must, now. I, I honestly, he might be. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of those fucking kids. Oh my god. All right, I love you guys. Uh let's go in to our pick of the week, Pacific Dub. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our pick of the week this week. We got some California in the building today. We have Dave and Colton from the band Pacific Dub. Gentlemen, happy to have you here today. What is up? What Thank is happening? Stoked. 
guys, I just want to start off by saying this because we're going to get into your new song until I get home. But what I want to talk, talk about first, I was reading your bio. You guys are from Surf City, USA. First off, nothing ever makes more sense than a band called Pacific Dub being from fucking Surf City, USA. <laughs> it was meant to be. But real quick, let me run this down real quick. So from Surf City, Corn, the offspring, Avenged Sevenfold, Dirty Heads, and you guys are all from the same fucking city? And I feel like that's like like not even the full extent of the list because if you go like two miles in any direction, it's like tons of other bands as well orange county and la in general it's like just nuts well how the yeah. hell are you how the hell are you in corn and event sevenfold from the same place <laughs> <laughs> what's, what in the, what's in the water dude like <laughs> what is that bro that's a wild thought to even consider right now being here for so long that like those bands i remember rehearsing at an old spot and uh, they had like signed corn memorabilia on the walls. <laughs> and I just thought like, what hometown crazy stuff is that? Where it's like, that's the claim to fame is corn practice here, you know? <laughs> like, that's my whole thing. Like oh. I look at it and I'm like, all right, the influence is like, I can, I can kind of, the dirty heads, I obviously understand. That's a pretty direct core. Yeah, yeah. The offspring's a midway point. And then Corn and Event Dude, Sevenfold. You are like, selling the Offspring fucking really short, man. I love the Offspring. No, I'm just saying, like, okay, Pacific Dub and the Offspring aren't exactly the same thing, but I'm saying it's a right. middle way point before you get to Corn okay. and okay. Event Sevenfold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, so what? Like, so you guys are in, are you guys still in Surf City? I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Dave's in, Dave's in Huntington. Sides. Yeah, oh, okay. I, I'm in uh, Costa Mesa. It's like I live a couple miles away. So, like, what have you guys been doing, you know, for the course of the entire offseason? Or offseason. I, I, <laughs> it is the offseason, bro. It really is. Pandemics. I, I was going to say, it's kind of been super wild, like, weird, like we all have been, right? Like, we're all kind of at home, trying to, like, stick it out there. Uh, at least, like, new music's been coming yeah. out. Mm -hmm. And I know, like, I can't speak for Colton here, but I know he writes, like, crazy. So, it's kind of at least been, like, somewhat keeping sanity that there's, like, a reason that to get into the studio when he's got something new coming. You know, I get to go in and lay down some drum tracks and like that at least has been somewhat now like newly spaced out to an extent where it's like, all right, dude, like this is giving me like a purpose again, you know? Yeah. It's been a long, for all of us, like I'm sure everyone feels it. Like it's been a long year. Oh, you hell know? yeah. So, yeah, oh, it's dude. been a while, bro. I got like caught up at the end of 2019, uh, I work at a couple music venues too. So I was just like working like crazy, honestly. And in 2020, when it started, I just had like this epic work schedule going on. And I like it. I get to see a bunch of cool bands and do shit that I love. So it was dope. But I wasn't writing any music at all. So like in a weird way, when the pandemic started, it kind of like gave me the breath that I needed to be like, dude, let's like get some of these ideas. I have like a hundred just shitty melodies in my yeah. voice notes on my phone like let's try and like make some of these into something and dave and i actually used to live together and i feel like we never wrote music together when we lived together i know we're terrible <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but i started uh i kind of just did a i when the pandemic started and i was just like losing my mind with nothing to do i was like dude let's just get a demo set up going like a little rig going and i just started sending ideas back and forth to the guys and it, it really did this whole all this new music that's been coming out is all thanks to 
literally having nothing else to do in my life and like refinding my love for writing music again. Dude, yeah. you know what's funny? I like the beginning of the pandemic, like I was in the exact same place. Like I was writing like fucking crazy. And then since the podcast has really picked up, I've been telling the band this constantly. Like everybody else in the band waits because I'm the only songwriter in the band. I've been so bogged down with all the, the the podcast stuff. I have not written shit in like in like three months. Like there really is a thing when you're getting stretched too thin. You, yeah, dude. You you have no energy to give to that other thing. And you have to be in the right mental state too, because it's like you have to just be really willing to like sit there and commit like two hours to something, and really know in the back of your mind like there's a chance that when I take a listen to this tomorrow on fresh ears, I'm going to hate it. <laughs> always, <Yeah>. always. 99.9% <laughs> of the time. At what percent, percentage of songs would you say that is? <laughs> For me? Like, well, yeah. Like 99. <laughs> no, right? It can no, almost feel that way. It does, dude. And what's, what's really good is that we have a dope producer. We have two really awesome producers that we work with. Um, shout out Nathan and Joey. And I... I know that I use them as such a crutch. Like I'll send them stuff before I send it to the band. Cause it's like, bro, can you tell me if this is trash? Like I just wrote this and like, and if they give me the, okay, then it's like, all right, I'm going to send it out to the guys, see what they think. And then we kind of like can, can convene from there. You know, dude, you need those ears that aren't in the band to tell you the honest truth. A hundred percent dude. Cause like it can get dicey, bro. Like, you know, like Dave and I, we, we've talked about this before. We go through this shit, like, where it's just like, dude, you can write like 10 songs and you'd be like, I hate fucking every single one of them. Can oh, we yeah. Give it a week. This? Right. We have a Dropbox folder with like 45 songs in it from quarantine. <laughs> and we, we, we thought that four were good enough to record. The other ones in the moment, I'm like on fire and I'm just like, dude, this is the best fucking thing ever written. Like this shit's on the Beach Boys and the Beatles. Like nobody's ever <laughs> thought of anything this good. And then I listened to it today and I'm like, ah. Dude, this fucking sucks. Always. What was I thinking? Dude, yeah. by the way, you got being that you guys are Southern Cali boys, we need to introduce you to our other co-host, Kenny. Uh, Kenny produces. He sucks at everything, but he's like a really nice guy. Uh, but <laughs> Kenny's the fucking man. I'm gonna put you in touch with him after this, and I'm not Sick. to. Trust me, you'll regret that I did that, but like I gotta do that anyway. Uh, um, he won't regret it because he just is so fucking laid back and and like he's just doesn't give a fuck about anything and kenny's biggest song kenny's biggest song that he ever did uh i'll just scream it into the mic he went sale he's from fucking uh, a1 nation oh no shit yeah that's (laughs) whatever you do if i do link you like make sure you sit in his studio and whisper that under your breath the entire time Hey, I was like, dude, you fucking asshole. Like, I got sales stuff. (laughs) And he's like, you're welcome. That'll be three bucks. (laughs) (laughs) Dine from. Uh, But I will say this I'm really glad to have you guys on. I've I've known you guys for a while now. You guys have been around for like 10 years, right? Yep. Plug it away. (laughs) And I'm sure you guys can. dedicate a lot of what you do and 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 who you are to sublime that's my favorite 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 style of music on the planet so when when rob hooked us up with you guys i was like fuck yeah sign him up let's go like this is the kind of shit i love to talk about like we had chill moody on a few weeks ago i don't know if you guys are familiar with him he's a hip-hop guy and he's insanely smart one of the most impressive dudes i've ever had the chance to talk to but that's just not my style of music like i don't go out of my way to listen to like especially new age hip-hop um so like if you guys ever need someone to tell you your song sucks or that it fucking rocks 
I'm your fucking guy because that's <laughs> yeah. my music right there. Your guys' music, Hell yeah. my music. That's awesome. I'll send you our, our singles that haven't come out yet. You can tell us they suck, but I still have to release them because <laughs> it's hard to get motion. Good to know it now, though. Yeah, it's not yeah, straight. Yo, it's this one's gonna like, flop. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not like Dave really has that much of a platform to put it out into the world that your new shit sucks. Dave's <laughs> <laughs> well, a Pacific dog. These guys stink. Yeah, and they're Dave, assholes too. Dave's gonna be blogging on Barstool, just being like, "Yo, by the way, this new Pacific dub shit, terrible. Fuck them. <laughs> Hate them now." Fuck. Well, speaking of new Pacific dub shit, let's talk about until I get home because I, I I've given it a few listens through. And the one thing I have written down, because I, 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 the first vibe I got was Dirty Heads, because that's that's my general frame of reference. Awesome. The, what I, the only thing I wrote down was, holy fucking chorus. Great chorus, guys. Great <laughs> fucking Thanks, chorus. Oh, no yeah, thank you. When did you write that? That was one that I wrote actually in 2019 mm. when we were on tour. It's got that whole like tour vibe of just Absolutely. like, yeah, that's like the whole thing. And I think it's cool because... I think it's relatable like beyond touring also, you know, where it's like anybody who has a job that they're just dedicating a shitload of time to, you miss out on a lot of oh, yeah. every other aspect of life. Yeah. So I try not to be like too just like in my feels on tour guy, but like sometimes it translates to, to other life as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, a hundred percent. I mean, there's so most of the songs that I've ever written, I read the lyrics back like years later, and I'm like, I know exactly what I was thinking. And there's always this one producer we work with who busts my balls that he always says, "You're always going somewhere or coming home from somewhere." That's <laughs> what I write about because uh, like, that's I, all I do. <laughs> all I fucking do is travel. So, in that perspective, okay, we're talking about a song about being on tour and being away. Have you been switching more to writing about? being stuck inside and not being able to leave <laughs> i haven't not really dude i it's like kind of depressing to write about i feel like <laughs> and reggae is like it's a weird thing where it's like you I, like you have songs that are like really like in your feels and stuff but like sometimes when you put that over like a reggae beat it's like bro this is not matching right now and that's <laughs> not to say that i can't like you know, like write whatever you know like comes to mind but it's like you sometimes you just gotta vibe it out a little bit it's like singing a death metal song about unicorns it doesn't work (laughs) (laughs) or will it it. (laughs) that's the one positive for me about just making fucking rock and roll is i can do whatever the fuck i want i don't have to think about it you guys got a vibe so like when when you put this together where did you record it during quarantine or was this recorded back in 2019 no this whole all this new release was recorded in 2020 so did and you into, do it into 2021? Did you do it remotely or were you guys all in a room together? No, no. We uh well we kind of did so we kind of play our parts a little bit, you know. So like usually it starts with a demo and uh and I'll like work out most of the stuff with our uh, producer, him and I. And then um it's weird. I don't know how you guys do you guys do drums first and then layer everything on top? generally what we do is drums and bass at the same time this new record that's coming out we cut live so oh uh, sick yeah we're right. not good enough to do that that's right i'm fucking stunting on everybody right now we cut that shit Hell yeah. live to tape bro no but but usually usually we do drums and bass then recut the bass then the guitars and then fucking sax and then keys and then vocals so so it's like that's how we used to do everything was like we would lay down drums first and it would just be me in one room playing an acoustic guitar and singing. And then Dave would be in the live room tracking drums to, to that. Just click track uh, guitar vocals and, and drums. But with this new, with the 
quarantine setup that we were kind of trying to do, we were trying to like kind of maximize time a little bit. So we actually did everything else first. We did all the instrumentation on vocals first and had like a, a program beat laid down. Um, and then we would have Dave come in fucking workhorse style <laughs> and just do, like, we'd be like, hey Dave, we have four songs ready to track. Let's do them all tomorrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and this dude Progress. would just sit in a fucking live room and sweat for 12 hours and we do it again. <laughs> Gotta yeah. be done. That, see, no, that, it, is, it is such a wild feeling like how, uh, so much of the majority of things before the pandemic could be, you know, like kind of like everyone jamming. Well, we'd be on tour. Yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like that's what's crazy too. We'd be on tour. You'd be doing sound checks every single night that allowed you a little bit of time to like tinker with something. Right. And all of a sudden, like a song can become like this boring thing. And every night from there, you're kind of honing it in more and more. And then with the pandemic and everything, and us still trying to maintain like that safe environment, like even in the studio. You know, so you're really trying to make sure it's like minimal heads, guys in there when they need to be in there. And that is almost such a different thing that I don't think we're so used to either. We're used to be so much of like everyone in the studio. Yeah, drinking Every beers. Of mine Dude, yeah. it's a fucking party. Yes. Well, yo, How distracting. We used to, I'm going to get in. Yeah. I have a distraction question for you in a second. But so when we were in cutting this live thing, it was, I don't know, January. So, I mean, Philly is still pretty restrictive but we have two people in the band that took the whole pandemic like very seriously i took it seriously but like if we were going to get in a room and work i don't give a shit i'm getting my work done yeah yeah but we had we had to do it in shifts to where like if if we had people coming in for pre-production it's all right these two people come in now these two people come later but when we cut it live (laughs) our saxophone player will we had him in like a separate room with like a fucking mask with a hole in it like (laughs) i was just gonna ask of course he did no, we did like a we that. did a live stream during quarantine from a venue. Yeah. And uh Will shows up with a fucking mask with a hole in it. And I was like, yo, where the <laughs> fuck did you get a mask with like a flap and a hole in it? And I was like terrifying. I was like, he's like, I got it off Instagram. And I was like, Will, that's not what that mask is for. <laughs> yeah, bro. Look at this. Oh, oh no. no. What the fuck is the where point? Where the oh. fuck did you get that? I need Dave, one. I can tell you exactly what that mask is for. <laughs> <laughs> That's Wait, not a quarantine mask, baby. Uh, <laughs> All right, so hold on. Um, we, we, talk, we talked about distractions, right? So this is an East Coast bias thing. As an East Coast band, we've always said, like, dude, I'd love to go to L.A. and make a record. But, like, being by the beach, I need to be in an area where there's, like, fucking gunshots going off. Or, like, there's, like... <laughs> Does it ever get distracting to you guys to be that close to the to the beach? Dave, you go first. <laughs> well, okay, like I don't a tough one, right? Because it's like I like I want to say no, right? Like I want to say it's not like the worst like distraction, and like you're, it's not like to me. I've always thought like it would be so dope if we were able to get into an environment where like we run away for like a month, more like somewhere away from the beach, like what mm-hmm. we're used to. Mm-hmm. I'd say like that's more what it is. It's like not so much that it becomes uh this like daunting thing or like a distraction but that it's like you see, you've seen it your whole life now right mm-hmm. and like it's given so much inspiration and you've used a lot of that and so for us to like get away and do like an isolation vibe where like we spend that time to like just write wake up in the morning stay up till four in the morning oh yeah that's a lot like, oh that i would can be. tell you for sure colin it would be a uh, fucking distraction for you but mm-hmm. i feel it would be the same for me as if i would try to come to philly or New York, because there's a producer out there that I want to work with or whatever, you know, like, or Nashville, even like, I hear people going to Nashville all the time. It's like, bro, the last That's thing me. I want to do. 
So I, if I, I got to Nashville, is fucking sit in a room all day. Yeah. <laughs> our our first record that we cut in 2017, we cut in Nashville, Sick. and uh, I still go down there and I write all the time. I still record out of there, but we, it was to the point where like actually what happened to us is we started to try and fit into a Nashville mold and be more of like uh... it started sounding a little more Americana, and we started to get branded as Southern rock, which we are six dickheads from philadelphia like we are not southern rock <laughs> so we had to go back home and be around where we're from to sound like what we sound like and that's yeah. actually how it wound up working out so to you do you think it'd be a detriment leaving where you're from when you're creating the kind of music you create yeah i mean like i think the vibe is like what what delaney was talking about a minute ago like dude you got to go somewhere where you're comfortable just like locking yourself like you know i i don't know if you have friends we have a lot of friends in our scene who have gone to sonic ranch which is like the place oh, yeah. in texas down in like the south of texas and it's like bro there's nothing to do it's on a fucking like thousand acre almond farm i'm pretty sure it is mm -hmm. so, yeah. and it's like bro like all the bands that we talk to there that have gone there it's like dude they put you up you are all living in a house together and then you're all in the studio together and the only time that you're not like thinking or working you know the house that you're in has kit amps guitars basses like all the shit so when you're not in the studio tracking you're in the house like jamming and like i think that's the that's the kind of style where it's like fuck i would love to do that bro like that's agreed. like the zeppelin going to like the the fucking old castle like that that's yeah the, that's like the yo my label has money and we're gonna yeah. rent a house for a month <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly for real yeah yo if anybody wants to to throw me some cash i'll go down to the sonic ranch i don't mind <laughs> Yeah, but for now, we're going to be recording behind a church in Philadelphia because that's what we can afford right now. You know what I mean? Bro, so. For sure. I got to shout out uh, our No Fear Studios is the homies that let us use their, uh, they, he has a dope uh, like warehouse in Redondo Beach. So that's where we go to track everything right now. And if it's not for him, bro, like this, I don't even know what the fuck I'll be doing. Honestly, <laughs> I just got to <laughs> say something real quick. Yo, I want to shout out Big Cat. I want to shout out your boy, Big Cat. Uh, I don't know if you guys follow Barstool, but on on his podcast, he always talks about his fear of Cali teens. He says the Cali teens are like the coolest kids, and they'll all, they'll kick the shit out of any adult. Is is are Cali teens as really intimidating as they seem? Bro, I just turned thirty, and it's fucking terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's like a. I, I take my dog to the beach a lot. So like, I usually am just sticking to the beaches where, where they're allowed, but there's a spot in uh, Laguna called like Crystal Cove. And it's like, bro, all of the super like, like Insta famous, all those kids are fucking Insta famous now and they don't give a fuck about you. Yeah. Dude, those guys make so much fucking money. Yeah, beat them all. Yeah, I get. I guarantee you they are all pieces of shit. And I say this <laughs> with sure. complete, yeah, complete no confidence. Doubt. Could you imagine being like 17 or 16 years old and somebody's like, hey, you're now famous on the internet? Dude, I was an asshole and I wasn't famous. That's what Today, if there's anybody on the planet in history I could punch in the face, it'd be like the 20-year-old me. I would walk <laughs> exactly me right in the fucking face. I will say though, if you don't think that you would beat up your 20-year-old self, you haven't grown as a human being. Nah. If, no, if no, you, no. Bro, I'm 29. If I bumped into 25-year-old Colin, I'd knock my fucking teeth out. I was like a megalomaniac, dude. No, I All like right. that take, though. The Cali teens take. That's, I haven't heard that, and that is a thousand percent true. I feel like, at least in my experiences. Let me ask you right. this. You guys, so I, I've actually never been to L.A. or the L.A. area before. 
and but I've been in Scottsdale, Arizona a lot, and every, <laughs> close enough. Basically, I'm talking men and women are so much better looking than me. I'm like this pale, white, tasty ass mid- Midwestern kid who goes out of his way not to take his shirt off, and like I <laughs> everybody in LA too. Just like you know, eats green shit when I'm eating fried food nonstop. Yep. Is that LA? Uh, absolutely yeah. dude i think that's totally true why the hell else did at least i join a band right like you gotta get, yeah, some, exactly. you gotta get some type of like up there you gotta put some status down on yourself yeah, dude you need to you become know? an instagram team it's that's a, the a, way it's gotta be bro <laughs> dude, fucking competition everywhere out here in these streets man everyone's dude, got a tan constantly i was in la in january and luckily it was like a little bit chillier like i have a high opinion of myself so i wasn't walking around like dave looking around being like Everybody's better looking at me, but I, I was definitely like looking around going like, all right, I'll fight that dude. <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty handsome. Like we could throw hands. Like, that's cool. Like you might be better looking, but I'll beat the shit out of you, dude. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you never fought a dude at a gas station with a brick before. <laughs> <laughs> that's a real film. That's right. Man. That every single dude, I could know him or I could just be walking down the street or see him in the back of my head. Be like, I would fucking waste that guy. If I knew <laughs> Who, who doesn't? It's like once in a while, bro. In my head. The only person I don't think I could beat up is Cali Teens because I feel like they're, <laughs> they're from breed, dude. Yeah, like, bro, because they wouldn't even fight you. They would just laugh at you and like, yeah, they would just be like, dude, they'd, be, they'd be like, dude, Get what are you, you fired. like? What are you like, 29? Like, go the fucking retirement. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Get out of here, bro. Fuck you have arthritis? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, shouts out to Scottsdale, though. Uh, that is like a weird. That Scottsdale Phoenix Tempe area is a super weird, like, like concentrated area of extremely good looking people. It's everybody. I feel like even more than like LA, because like LA or like Orange County is like that stereotypical, like the beach and like the the hot chicks and the hot dudes or whatever. But I feel like that's super situational. It depends oh, yeah. on where you go. It depends you gotta go to the hot spots. I feel like Scottsdale is fucking wild, bro. Everybody. And they got like, yeah. It's weird. All you do there is play golf and then go to the bar. That's <laughs> my bosses. Our basis is from Scottsdale. I wish he was hotter, honestly. Cool. We'll fight that guy too. Bring him on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to go into playing the song now uh, until I get home. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'd absolutely love to have you guys back on the podcast as well. And me and Dave are also planning on coming out to L.A. like it, during like the summer, like maybe like early summer. Dude, we're actually doing a video series where we're turning Dave into a rock star. We're going to need some help. So if you guys Dude, would like to be a part of that. I would absolutely love that. Let's do it. You, you can introduce us to some Cali teens. It'd be perfect. Yes. yes. We can square up on the couple Cali <laughs> Part of the, like the the growth because I don't play an instrument that was like kind of a lot of, well a lot of the premise with this show and um I just love music so I'm like hey you want to start you want to start a music podcast sure let's do it and here we are right now can uh, I write a song that you guys play where we just talk about beating Cali teens faces in <laughs> please I mean and, and please I, like you said it doesn't necessarily have like that reggae. Um, <laughs> I don't care, dude. We'll break genre for Pick this. Pick it up a notch. Yeah, we'll it up a bit. We treat it like an early Sublime song where it just goes thrash. And, yeah. we'll do, and, and it'll just be about beating up Cali teens. It'll be banging. <laughs> dude, the whole video is Dave on a longboard just beating the shit out of kids. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, the concept- he's, he's asking he's asking for IDs, and it's not because he wants to hook up with people. It's because he wants to beat the shit out of <laughs> Hey, are you 18, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh. So- 
Pacific Dub, this has been an absolute pleasure. Anything you want to say about the song before we start playing it? I hope you like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Follow us on Spotify. You know, at Pacific Dub, all social medias, all that shit. Check us out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, brilliant. Yeah, lame ass plugs. <laughs> this is until I get home. Every time 